0: yo this is sam sports podcast it is tuesday november 8th 2016 special election day edition of the sam sports podcast but of course even though it is election day the polls are still open people are voting the weight and the future of this country's president hangs in the balance but we are here right now me and shaka to talk some football shaka you ready to talk some football
1: I already voted, so
0: hell yeah. (laughs) I already voted, too, man. I got the early voting in. Got it out of the way now so we can sit down and actually talk about the most important thing on the menu, which is the midway point of the NFL football season. Shaka, why wait? Let's jump right into it. Your New York Jets, they lost a close one to the Miami Dolphins. Tell me what your takeaways are.
1: I can't fucking believe
0: it. I can't fucking believe it. I can't
1: fucking believe it. Okay, so... We're going to jump to one part of the game that just absolutely knocked the wind out of the sails. was that kick return for touchdown. After getting over the hump of Ryan Fitzpatrick, trying to give the game away. Two picks. One was terrible, an absolute terrible interception in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Coming back, gets some good field position after a block blocked um, punt where we got to the 20 and we got a touchdown. And immediately, immediately on the kickoff, letting the... Goddamn Miami Dolphins run it back for a touchdown, which pretty much knocked the wind out of ourselves, and then Jay Ajayi sealed the game with a run to just kind of extend and burn out the clock. I mean, you know what?
2: More or less sums up my life as a Jets fan. Yeah.
0: Just your whole dashed against
1: the rocks in the fourth quarter by a shitty quarterback.
0: It was just, I mean, that was really, really rough. Because the, the thing that stuck out to me about this game was mistakes. You know, both of these teams are just so prone to mistakes, the Dolphins and the Jets. And, and and it felt like even with all the mistakes, the Jets, you know, this was a team they could beat. It's a divisional rivalry, so you know it's going to be ugly. I mean, but you you said it, man. I mean, the punt turnover, the 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 interceptions. I mean, they had the game and then they, you know, they just make a a terrible blown play mistake and they give up that touchdown and all of a sudden we're still sitting here shaking our heads saying what the hell is going on? I, I I don't know what the hell to make of this. I mean, I don't think that Miami is any better than I thought they were a week ago after this win. Like like I mean, is it time to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is that where we're at? Well, you're on the nose comparatively speaking. Justin's the Dolphins
1: are not different of a football team in terms of the talent they have and what they can do. Mm-hmm. They're not Both the quarterbacks the quarterbacks are not that great. I mean, they've got pretty good running backs and a giant play. Mm-hmm. And wide receivers for all intents and purposes. You know, Jarvis Lange is a pretty good wide receiver. Yeah. Brandon Marshall is a pretty good wide receiver. They have, in terms of comparison, they're a pretty equal team. Mm-hmm. But turnovers at this point, were the name of the game. Fitzpatrick had two interceptions yeah. and two goals. Which were costly, obviously. And, in, in, you know, in a close game, four fumbles or four turnovers is a big deal, and at least points, which it did for the Miami Dolphins. So I think, look, I, at uh, a three and six in, this, in a really, really tough division, I think it's time, you know, to see what you have in a Bryce Petty. I wouldn't so much be quick to jump to Hackenberg because
0: even the coaching staff admits he's probably not NFL ready yet. Yeah. But
3: give Bryce Petty
0: a go. I, I mean, I think it's time. I I think we can say at least at three and six in this division, where the Patriots are seven and one, that you can concede the Jets aren't going to make the playoffs. I. And I'm not even sure about the wild card scenario and who they have to to rough it with, but I I still feel good about the prospect. I mean, I think we got to see what what Bryce Petty's made of. I mean, we got a little. I mean, he did come into the game for like you know a a brief stint, but I I mean.
1: They thought Fitzpatrick
0: was injured. Yeah, and, and I mean I don't I I just we gotta see something else from this Jets team. I mean, the talent is there with Brandon Marshall, with Matt Forte. I mean, you named it. The talent is there, but I mean it feels like it's Fitzpatrick. Everything begins and ends with this guy. And to go a step further, you know, I think the shining part about the Jets D, we already talked about how Darrell Rivas is aging. The secondary is really dodgy at best. I think the run defense was supposed to be the thing that stuck out, but yet the Dolphins were able to run the ball on them. I mean, this was really disappointing. I was expecting more out of the Jets.
1: I give a little credit to Giant. he had a, he, he had a rough goal at the start of the game. The run defense kind of shut him down and stuffed him, and they forced him to kind of resort to other, uh, to other options to try to move the ball downfield. But once the game progressed and it went on the third quarter, in fourth quarter, Johnny started to kind of bust through the sea. He started to pick up steam, and the defense I think was a little bit yeah. Uh, I I, mean, I think there's one thing I really want to point out here is just we like you said we're at the halfway point of the season, and at this point it again the the smoke in the mirror is kind of dissipating a little bit. It, the the scenario is clear that the Jets are not going to make the playoffs at this point, point. and you have enough time to put a Bryce Petty in, to see over a span of, let's say, six games if you want to, seven games, what he can bring to the table. You know, you have plenty of time to yeah. for sure.
0: This real- is an opportunity to see if this guy can do the job next year or if you need to go back to the draft and draft someone because if they are as bad as we think they are and their record ends up being as bad as we think it's going to be, that means a pretty high draft pick and an opportunity to draft a quarterback. So why Absolutely. don't you start planning for this now?
1: I'm looking at it because I'm thinking of like a, uh, a Brock Osweiler or Trevor Simeon where by the time you and I have seen five or six games, we could tell, you know, if this guy's comfortable and you know that leadership, that leadership position, if he actually is a viable quarterback. And we've seen enough of Fitzpatrick to know what his strengths and his weaknesses are. When he's good, he's great. Yeah. But just too often when like big... You know, crunch time situations, and it's especially in crunch time situations where they need him to just manage the game. You don't have
0: to do anything amazing. Just don't turn the fucking ball over. And,
1: and, he, ter- and he turns the ball over. And that's exactly what he does. I, it, it, it's frustrating. It, it, that's really the so
0: Now, I got to ask you, Jalen Marshall, it, it, what, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Do you have any idea? where? The, had you heard of him before this past week?
1: As far as this game goes, he probably so he was the better Marshall, um from the Jets this, this weekend. <laughs> he's a rookie, the I know a little bit about him, but you know he's a tiny guy, but he, he's got speed. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with the uh, the Jets' Marvin team for because I know he was the guy they drafted last year. Yeah, so I was. On, ex-
0: I thought I'd see more of him in this game, and I feel like I didn't.
1: As a whole, he, he um, early in the season he got some time, especially when. um, when we had, like, you know, injuries at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. and Eric Decker was just out, you know, with a shoulder injury, Sharram, he got some time, and I don't know what happened. He's kind of, kind of maybe fallen out of favor a little bit with the um, offensive coordinators, but now they got Jalen Marshall in. um Law Powell, he had more time as a receiver. Um, you know, Quincy Nguyen didn't have a great game Yeah. in particular here. I mean, even Brandon Marshall was on the sidelines arguing with Fitzpatrick.
2: So oh.
0: they
1: a lot that's not
0: going on. They're not in sync right now. Dude, it's, it's, it's not looking pretty for the Jets right now. And, I mean, aside from Ajaye on the Dolphins, I mean, I don't know if I really trust any... You know, Jarvis Landry puts up some numbers, but I'm not believing any of these other wide receivers on the Dolphins. I'm not even trusting Tannehill. Like, you know, fantasy-wise, a lot there's not an awful lot of guys you can really rely on on either of these teams. And I just... I was just expecting. I was expecting a better outfit from the Jets, and when when I saw that kickoff return touchdown to seal the game for the Dolphins, it was just just heart wrenching.
1: It, it looked. I I, had, I laughed a little bit, actually. It's just like, of course, of course, this is how it's going to go down. You know, don't let me down. Don't disappoint me. Don't do anything different.
0: <laughs> how dare you win this game? <laughs> All right. You, it, it, do, do we need to get away from this? Is it time? Have we have we had enough of a post-mortem? Please, that's not good enough. Now we get to talk about my Philadelphia Eagles losing on the road to the New York Giants. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the thing that I took away from this game is that both these teams, the Eagles and the Giants, have things that they do very well. There's things that they are strong at, that they perform well at, but at the same time, both teams have weaknesses which are glaring, and both teams are prone to make mistakes. Uh, a couple of things I want to hit you with before I get your opinion is, number one, Carson Wentz threw over 300 yards. This was the most passing yards that he's thrown as of this season. But it it be- he began the day with throwing two really, really ugly interceptions in his own territory that led directly to giant touchdowns. So the Giants went up 14-0 pretty quickly. The other thing I want to mention right off the bat is how Ryan Matthews is completely behind Darren Sproles now. Sproles is the lead running back. Uh, The things that are really scaring me is as much confidence as I had in the Eagles defense going into this game, I still think they're a good defense, but again, they made some serious, serious errors in this game, and you got to look at the secondary. What are some of the takeaways that you had from this game? Uh, Anything that jumped out at you about the Eagles or even the Giants? Well, your last statement there is my first, and that's the secondary. The secondary got burned pretty badly in a couple of places,
1: Especially early in the third half. Kind of a combination of things, really, that weren't really in sync for the Eagles, and it cost them points, unfortunately. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I mean, mean, one one of those touchdowns was just a complete blown coverage by the secondary.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that, I think you're talking about the Odell Beckham Jr. plant where mm-hmm. he, uh, I think the safety and the corner ran into each
2: other. Yep,
0: yep. And
1: the head back, and, uh, yeah, it, it, you can tell it was a couple of assignments missed. And, uh, I know, I know the defensive court. I know Jim Schwartz was not happy. It was just a simple defensive breakdown. But, again, it's a mistake, you know. Um, I'll we'll give a little bit of credit to Giants. As much of a temper tantrum, you know, oriented receiver as he is. Otherwise junior
2: when it comes to The guy's a ball hawk. He's yeah. just, he he's just built. He's built to catch football. And it's it's actually fun to watch him play football. Complaints
1: by the whining, the celebrations, the dancing side. He is just a naturally gifted guy. So I think the uh, the Eagles were not on top of him. They let him get a little bit of daylight and he burned him two times.
0: Yeah. And and so, I, um, I think that I think that what we've seen the last couple of games where the J- Odell Beckham Jr., he's played some type of, you know, big-name corner. He's been playing a Josh Norman, or, you know, I, I can't think of whoever the hell else they've been playing recently, but, you know, the, the Eagles don't have a big, flashy cornerback name, so I, I feel like Odell Beckham Jr., when he had his opportunities, he was really feasting on the Eagles' secondary, and Eli Manning, you know, he looked like Dr. Jekyll this time, man. He was throwing, he threw four touchdowns. It was very nice, uh, and...
1: I had to raise that. but I'm not gonna lie. I said, Eli, is that you? It looked like back to those days where people asked him, "Is Eli Manning the lead quarterback?" He had flashes of brilliance, but mm-hmm. also in terms of the Giants, Eli had a couple of uh,
0: interceptions that were just what the fuck, man. Yeah, and like. you know, I gotta put it out there. I saw both of those interceptions, and they were both of them were head scratchers. One of them was a tip ball. One of them was just straight yeah. up tip ball. The other one was this crazy pass that. Well, that's o- the one Odell yes, Beckham Jr. catches it, and I think it was—I uh, think it was Nolan Carroll who ripped it out of his hands. Oh, and you're right, when
1: he went down together, and all of a sudden um,
0: Beckham didn't even have the football. Right? Yeah, and yeah, there was there was this belief that Beckham caught the ball and then he fumbled it, but then it's like, well, if he caught the ball and he fumbled it, he would have just been down by contact. But then the ref was like, he never had possession. So actually, it was just an interception. Like, it was it was sort of like a, one of those things where it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, was that a turnover? Because I thought yeah, that was happened, just an incomplete you're pass.
1: You're right. It happened pretty quickly, and it was kind of like, okay, the Giants don't have the football anymore. There was kind of not really much time to kind of absorb and analyze what happened. All you knew was that that went down, and all of a sudden, the refs were awarding the football to the Eagles. Yeah. So it was kind of I, 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 I want there was an interception Eli threw though, where he threw
2: it into the end
0: zone, and it was just two Eagles defenders and no Giants receivers. Oh at all. yeah! Oh god, that one was ugly. That was that, that was, was another ugly. moment where the Giants were ready to just give the game back to the Eagles. I mean, listen, this Eagles team lost by five points. And something else I got to bring up is the fact that in the first half, Doug Peterson goes for it on fourth down twice, and they yes. don't get it. Twice. Those are two opportunities. And I'm not talking about they were in their own territory, they were on the 50-yard line. They were in the fucking red zone, okay? If they had kicked two field goals, they might be winning this game, but instead, they put their balls out there, they didn't get the goddamn first down, and now they're sitting there going, shit, man, if we had capitalized off some of those turnovers and kicked a few field goals, we could have come out with a win, and we'd be 5-3 and three instead of the fucking Giants being 5-3. and three. There was definitely a couple of... There were a couple fourth down situations.
1: There was one I remember the commentator saying, "I don't like this idea." Nope. And look at the ball, It was completion. Uh, I think it was to, to Zach Ertz, who kind of er-
2: pulled um, Carson Lentz's ass out of the fire a couple times. Yes. Like, fourth down situation. This is really kind
1: of the highlight receiver of. Uh, of the game
0: and and basically situations for the Eagles. Yeah, Zach Ertz really, really was great in this game. I mean, that was one of the highlights. Was he showed up and looked fantastic. The other thing I want to mention about the Eagles' offense is uh, so Josh Huff, you know, sadly was cut by the Eagles after he got pulled over on the Walt Whitman Bridge with marijuana and a gun in his car. Uh, right. But they brought in this young guy, Bryce Treggs. You know, yeah. listen, I don't know if he's gonna be, you know the tits going forward, but he had a cup. he had one really nice, long touch, uh, long reception that, you know, kind of added some depth and some speed to this Eagles offense. I don't really know if it's, you know, if he's going to be a make or break playmaker, but, uh you know, I liked what I saw and it was exciting to see a speedster, you know, who's a little bit faster than some of the other guys they have.
1: Oh, you're right. He's definitely got some speed. Uh, that one big play, he, he burned both the, uh, the, the corner and the safety. Mm-hmm. Just, and it was a little bit underthrown, too. And he still slowed down a
3: little bit to to adjust, and he got it. And, uh, he, I think it would have been a touchdown if it was a little bit of a deeper throw. Mm-hmm. But, he, mm-hmm. you know what, um, I'd say to keep an eye on him because he looks promising. He looks like he's got,
0: you know, he's, he's a hungry guy. He's, you know, he wants to make the team. Yeah. A I see an opportunity for him to, like, have another one of those in the next couple of weeks, maybe like a 70-yard touchdown reception.
1: Oh yeah, it's possible. I, I I like when they let Carson Wentz uh, throw deep. Uh, he he doesn't really get too many opportunities to do it. I noticed um he threw almost fifty times in this game.
0: Yeah, he did throw a lot, but you're right. They they don't get him to throw deep too often. And I don't I don't necessarily think that's him. I think it's circumstance. I don't know if he gets the opportunity as much. That's fair. I'm not I'm not really a, a big fan of Jordan Matthews as a deep
2: threat. I don't really think he is. They don't really have the personnel, and Aguilar is still kind of an unknown to me. Yeah,
0: there's the receiving core There is has got a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. Um, Which, I mean, think you can address in the draft, but for right now, I, they kind of have to figure out how to make these parts work. Yeah. you know, uh, your boys are 4-4, four and, four, and they got
1: potential, but... Kind of, they need a little bit they need to bring it up with another
0: year. I mean, I think they're coming back down to earth. I really think that I think for a lot of respects the the Eagles organization thought this was going to be a rebuilding year. And after the first couple of weeks there was a sense like, wait a minute, this is a real team and now you're looking at the team as they kind of come back down to the average down to the mean, you're like, well, there's actually some holes on this on both sides of the ball that we need to shore up that I think they weren't too proactive about because they were like, well, this is kind of a rebuilding year. Why blow a lot of cash? on trying to shore up parts of our defense if, you know, we might just be saying goodbye to these street-free agents next year and drafting fresh replacements. I, I I mean, it was... I think the Eagles are kind of coming back down to earth right now. I still have a lot of optimism for them, but the mistakes that I saw in this game just kill me. Because now this is the third divisional game that they've dropped. They've lost to the Cowboys, they've lost to the Redskins, now they lost to the Giants, and that's not okay. they got a rough schedule, I
1: mean, coming, you know, going ahead. They, they've got a couple uh they got a couple of rough games. They playing the Falcons next. So, I mean, They're playing
0: the Falcons and the Seahawks. Those are the next two games. it's, it's,
1: it's not looking pretty in terms of uh, kind of managing the schedule. So we're going to see medicine, and it's, it's, it's going to be definitely rough going forward. And it's still, you know, I think they play. They got to play the Cowboys again.
0: Oh yeah, um, dude, they got the Giants, the Redskins, and the Cowboys in the last four yeah. weeks of the season. It's not going to be easy. Now, I last thing I want to say before we get off this game, Paul Perkins. He had the same amount of carries for the New York Giants as Rashad Jennings. I think it might be time to go get Paul Perkins and put him on your team because he might, I feel like the next two weeks, he's got a 100-yard game coming up. You feel me?
1: Rashard Jennings is, 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 I don't want to say he's underperforming, but I think he's,
0: he's peaked at the ceiling. This mm-hmm. is what he's going to give you. He's not going to be a premier back.
1: Paul Perkins, I think they're going to try and work in. I agree with you. They're going to try and work him into the office a little bit more and see if he has the explosiveness that they've been missing for so long now.
0: Mm. You want to get away from this game? I think we're done here. Sunday night football, Oakland Raiders upset the Denver Broncos to take the lead in the AFC West division at 7-2, and two. Oakland Raiders. I don't think they've been this good since 2002 when they went to the Super Bowl. My big takeaway is how the Raiders didn't throw the ball, but ran, ran all over the Denver Broncos, if you can believe that shit. Chaka, what do you make of this? God damn,
1: I mean, I, I feel like every every day week we talk about how How suspect this Oakland Raiders rushing
0: game is? Yeah. Oh my God. And now Latavius Murray Murray just put on a show. He heard us. You know what? And uh, again, twenty carries
1: for 114 yards against the Broncos. Though you kind of have to take that and scale it up. So you you run for 114 yards against the Broncos. That's like 150 yards against another team. Right. You got to scale up. He's got. He had a big. I think he had like a 40 or 50 yard run. Mm-hmm. so, I mean,
0: what do you think? I mean, also. what is going on with this Broncos D? Like, what happened? Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. I was going to say, also, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit because the Broncos have been giving up a couple of a, a big plays. I don't know if that's a factor in one. Let's put it like this. I don't love Trevor Simeon. Don't, he, he's got a lot of talent around him. Yep. He, uh, you know, he's 18 for 37 in
0: this game. Yep. Look. Oakland's a good team,
1: but their defense is not that amazing. Exactly,
0: you, you got to make some things happen against uh, this defense. It's not not the so worst in the league, but it's still enough of a defense where you can
1: put things together. You know, eighteen and I... and you know, I I don't know, man. He just he he kept he kept Oakland in the game, and he kept the defense on the field for too long to the point where.
0: Latavia punching you in the mouth. I, I you know, I've I've heard a lot of podcasts and and sports writers talk about how this season is really being kind of symbolized or, or, or categorized, you know, it's it's being highlighted by a lot of average teams. You don't really have any teams that are setting themselves apart. I mean, the New England Patriots are about the only one I can think of. And maybe and the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the right. teams that are really setting themselves apart from the pack. Whereas all these other teams You know, the Falcons we thought were good at the beginning. We thought Denver was good at the beginning. We're going to come up on this game next, but we thought the Minnesota Vikings were good too. We got a lot to talk about with them as well how things to turn. What's dude to things are turning so f- I mean it was just it was like week two or three where we were talking about how the Pittsburgh Steelers were the best offense in football now these teams are falling back down to 500 they're losing questionable games I mean everything that we thought about the Broncos and the Raiders did not play out in this game we thought the Raiders rushing game was bad and it was amazing we thought the Broncos D was good and it was terrible I, I mean I think the thing that's really kicking the Broncos in the and the ass right now is the offense. You said it. Trevor Simeon has got talent around him. He's got the ability to manage a game, but yet when you take away that run game, CJ Anderson's hurt now. You got backups rotating in. I mean, they're really not being able to move the ball, and then you see this Super Bowl championship defense having difficulty slowing down the Raiders. I I mean... I I don't know what I think the Broncos are not as good as we think they are and I think that the Raiders came in listen I still don't think the Raiders defense is amazing I just think they came in with a great game plan Uh, I mean what do you think do you think that like uh, I I mean do you think the Raiders are just real I I mean do you think the Raiders are going to win that division Uh, at this point it would be crazy for me to no,
1: it's entirely a possibility. They're giving everybody a run for the friggin' money right now. I, I think you hit on the big point The CJ Anderson injury.
2: The Broncos rushing game is almost non existent. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? I have all you guys like there. I was looking and I thought that
1: Devontae Booker was going to be money in the bank, you know, the chance to, to bust out and to kind of really take that position away. Because he has he's pretty much unchecked, or at least thought so thought. And he's done jack shit in the with the opportunity. I had this game, I'm looking at the numbers there, it was 12 carries for 33 yards. Yeah, that's it. That's bad. That's it. The Broncos, that's absurd. Uh, and they had this other young kid, I'm looking him up right now, oh, Bibbs. Bibbs.
0: And listen, Bibbs had a had a great touchdown, but you take that touchdown away and he was just as he was just as forgettable as Booker was.
1: And I think right now what's happening is the Denver Broncos are probably going to look into maybe giving Bibbs a few more opportunities to –
0: of what Devontae Booker is not doing. And I'm not going to say they're desperate at this point, but I, they're definitely open to suggestions. Do so you, the Broncos we're a little,
1: bit a little bit right now.
0: Do you um do you do you think Bibbs is worth a stash? Like do you do you say go get him and hang on to him because he might be hot in like the next two or three weeks?
1: Uh, I, I'm I'm so tempted to, to actually say yes just because Booker's been so disappointing. I'm actually looking at the schedule right now. Denver's playing New Orleans next week. I would say Caprius is worth a stash. I mean, the Saints' defense, I, I could, it might be worth it. It might be worthwhile to have him come in, and uh, even if he's not your your number one option, even as a flex, you might get a couple of receptions. I mean, that that New Orleans Saints defense can be scorched, so he's worth a
0: stash. Okay, okay. Um, anything else in this game you want to move on? Uh, um. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think anything's a surprise. I, You know, we were. I think we were disappointed by Derek Carr. I mean, the, the passing game has been the real marquee of the Raiders, and it was kind of non-existent. You know, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, Derek – Like that wasn't what they did. They just went ground and pound, old school. But I don't think – like, I still have faith starting Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. Like, all these guys are good starts.
1: Absolutely. I think my hesitancy my is right now, this is really – is that is that running performance by Latavius Murray? Is that is that legit, or are we going to be kind of back to normal, the normal conversation next week?
0: Yeah, uh, my instinct says we're yeah. going to go back to the normal conversation. I think this was an anomaly.
1: I he look, he looked great out there. He looked. I was like, why can't you do this every week? But you know, I I don't know if that's a, a product of the offense. He got 20 rushing attempts, which is you know, it's, it's par for an NFL running back, but. He usually doesn't even
0: get that many chances no, to run no. though. I think this was a straight up Jack Del Rio, former defensive coordinator of the Broncos, coming in with a very specific game plan saying, This is what we're going to do, and we're going to throw them off their game, and we're going to kind of get out ahead with before they know what's going on, and we're just going to take this game. And I think it worked. Right. I say be wary. He's it's, there. It's probably fool's goals
1: to think that. Let's see if nursing, We'll do this every week.
0: I like that. Good good advice. Good advice to fantasy owners out there. Don't be fooled by the Murray excitement. Next game on the Docket, Shaka. Detroit Lions win overtime game on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. My first question for you is, do the Vikings suck? they the offensive line.
1: That's pretty much a given at this point.
0: Let me ask you this. Does their defense suck? Because this defense, which was money in the bank for about five or six weeks, has been pretty suspect over the last two weeks. What do you think?
1: Look, it's only a matter of time. If, if your offense is not
0: going to be able to sustain long enough drives, mm-hmm. again, it always goes back to how all, how long is your defense on the field. Mm-hmm. And if the offense is... If the offense
1: is third and out, and you're all right, guys, we're back on the field, we've got to play defense. So after a while, the Levy breaks, you know, and it, it, even in the beginning, they kind the of held Detroit. They killed it in the first quarter. They got a touchdown in the second. And then, you know, once they got to the, the fourth quarter, they just couldn't keep it up. They, they tried, tied the Detroit time the get back up and then broke their back in overtime.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you nailed it, man. The the offense for the Vikings, I think the truth has come out the beginning of the season was exciting. They were clearly clicking. And then they had some injuries on the offensive line. The offensive line has crumbled. The running game has crumbled. I feel like a broken record. We've been talking about this the last three weeks because now the Vikings are on a three-game losing streak, and they can't get anything going on offense. And you nailed it. It's it's ripping apart their whole team because now the defense uh, can't back things up. And what's exciting to me is the Lions. The Lions are 5-4. Are and four. They, look, they look stellar. And, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, Shaka, Last week, when we were picking the winner of this game, you and I talked on this podcast. We talked together, and we both agreed that we thought the Lions were going to go in and take this game. And then I went on to ESPN. I went on to all those pigskin pick'ems. Everything was heavily favoring the Minnesota Vikings. The home team, they're going to win the game. And I sat there, and I was like, you know, maybe the Vikings are. This is It's a home game. They're going to pick this one up. I felt so vindicated when the Lions stole this game. And you want to and also you hearing about this issue with Blair Walsh, the kicker of the Vikings? Have you heard about this? No. What? So he he missed he he missed an extra point and he missed a field goal, both two things that could have never even gotten the game to overtime that could have just sealed the win for the Vikings. And now what? Mike Zimmer is telling me is is saying that he's going to go audition different kickers.
1: Blair Walsh hasn't even been the kicker for Forever now? He's been the kicker
0: for a while, and he's been pretty darn good, except the last couple of years he's had some really embarrassing misses, one of them being that that playoff game against the Seahawks where they could have won the game, and he missed a chip shot. Ooh,
1: okay. Yeah. No, I I, I I wasn't aware that things
0: were getting kind of rough. Dude, uh... I, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad, but now that I'm looking at the stats and I'm hearing about what's going on, I mean, I feel bad for him because this guy is a good kicker who, I mean, he's got the yips.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm thinking back to what we're saying. I, the Detroit Lions, the, the makeup of the team itself, like if you look at their three wide receivers, and granted, Marvin Jones has not been doing too great the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Not, not
0: we we got to talk about him, but keep going.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's had a rough couple weeks, and I think part of it is because Golden Tate has been so fucking good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Couple weeks. I mean, I but think Golden Tate's was, the guy to have now.
1: He's a good, he had that game-winning touchdown this weekend. I mean... And, then, and let's not forget, Anquan
3: Bolden, who, look, he's not a number one by any means anymore in the NFL, but he's still a guy who you have to respect. He's still a great, possession yeah. receiver, and he's a vet. He's, I don't want to say
0: wily, but the guy knows his way around the football. He's caught a shit ton of football, you know, for the Eagles, for the 49ers, you name it for the Ravens. You know, he, he's got his I mean, so, I, I, solid I think Anquan Bolden, I think Steve Smith. I think a guy who is old and should be over the hill, but yet is still making himself valuable, still making his, his, you know, showing off his football intelligence. Like these are guys who can't run or jump anymore, but they're showing that their ability to play this game and their knowledge of the game, how to run routes, how to get themselves open when the quarterback is scrambling makes them valuable. And Anquan Bolden, he is on the Detroit Lions at the perfect time because Matthew Stafford is coming into his own. Man, I mean, listen. There's a you know Stafford lost that game last week against the Texans. I mean, again, another team where the consistency is up and down. Like, are the Lions good? Are they not good? They they have this impressive overtime win against the Vikings. They have this crappy road loss against the Texans. But I still think they're legit, man. I like what they got going on. But we got to talk about Marvin Jones. I, I'm I'm. I mean, Golden Tate has re-cemented himself as the number one, and I think Marvin Jones is slipping down the list. And after that 200-yard game, he hasn't really done anything exciting. I was thinking about it, and I'm wondering, and we kind of have to factor in a little
1: bit, in the Vikings' defensive plan, they're probably going to try and lock down on a Jones because he's been, at least at the start of the season, he, look, he was torching everybody, man. Mm-hmm. There was no way to really cover him. And even then, Tate was not himself. I'm wondering if, you know, the... Defenses are giving him that respect and really kind of trying to clamp down on him, and giving Tate Golden Tate twelve target in this game.
0: Yeah, that's Garden's that's gone. bananas, man. I mean the, the, that that's another that's, thing that's making me say, you know, it's like was it, were they clamping down on him or is just Golden Tate demanding more looks now?
1: And you know, and, and you got to think that the, like the, uh, the defensive players on uh, the, the Vikings, because like Xavier Rhodes, like they have to kind of you know, in a straight who's not, way, who's not a great defender, they're still kind of keying in on the Jones. And, you know, the, the, that kind of discrepancy you have in targets for, like, your number one receiver got five targets in a game. It, it, there's, you know, there's got to be there's people are trying to readjust the game plan to kind of counter what Matt Stafford can do with the football. But Golden State, I think you may be in terms of just uh, this talent He's gotta step above Marvin Jones
2: and he's just making things happen. The guy had eleven catches on twelve targets. Yeah. And you know,
1: so he you're
2: right. he's the number one out there right now. Yeah, and I, I, I. wouldn't give up on Jones just yet. You got to play by
0: the matchup, and the Vikings still a matchup regardless. You know, I I think I think we were a little fooled by Golden Tate earlier in the season. I think he just had a couple of bad games. I think that's the truth. And uh, you know, he he we believed it going into this season that he would you know take on a bigger role with Megatron retiring, and it turns out it just took three or four weeks for it to happen. But it's happening. It's um, true.
1: Had a hard, I've always had a hard time trying to get a beat on a golden state. I just never—it's—it's it's kind of hard to figure out what makes them tick, especially guys that are that talented.
0: They can kind of turn it off and on, and you just don't know what the trigger is. I mean, I—I I think it's another product of uh, this season sort of being mired in in inconsistency. Because a lot of these teams that have a talent, they clearly have talent, but they're not being able to keep it consistent and. Uh, You know, Golden Tate's up and down is a product of that. Marvin Jones up and down is a product of that. Uh, One thing I want to mention before we get away from this game, Eric Ebron had a great game as a tight end. He's come back from injury. I think he's a really nice tight end to have because Kyle Rudolph on the other side, listen, he had a touchdown, but he had one catch, one yard, one touchdown. Wonderful. That's great. But first couple of weeks, you know, again, when the Vikings offense was clicking, he was scoring touchdowns and now he's kind of disappeared. I just think it's a good juxtaposition between Eric Ebron and Kyle Rudolph, whereas Kyle Rudolph was hot at the beginning of the season. I think Eric Ebron is a much more consistent ball catcher. Matthew Stafford certainly likes to include him in the offense. And listen, Stafford is throwing the ball way more than the Vikings and Sam Bradford are going to be throwing the ball. You know, if you're looking for a tasty tight end, go find Eric Ebron because he might be on the waiver wire. He was hurt for a while and people forgot about him, but I think he's a, he's a good start to have.
1: I think you're absolutely right. Unfortunately for Ebron, that's kind of the tail of the tape for him is that he'll spend you know, a quarter of the season
0: on the, um, on the injured list. That's true. <laughs> He's, especially in PPR leagues, he'll always
1: give you like five or six catches a game. He doesn't always find the end zone, but you know, you'll know you walk away with 10, 11 points in the PPR league, and it's you know, a little satisfying. Yeah.
0: You know, he, he well, the considering there's a few tight ends out there who are completely forgettable, that's a good thing to have in your hip pocket is a little Eric Ebron.
1: You know, a little consistency doesn't hurt. Um, the one thing I'd like to point out in this game is that Ronnie Hillman, uh, I pointed out a few weeks ago that the, the Vikings have signed them, and their running game is kind of it, 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 it's kind of up it, in the air. Right? It's,
0: it's been bad, man.
1: Yeah, and, and Ronnie Hillman actually got most of the carries in this game. I think he's slowly kind of working his way. Well, he didn't get most of it. It was still Matt and got it, but he's still working his way. I think at some point they're going to gift him a starting. A starting role, because be honest, like he's not a feature back to me. He's a kind of a bruiser. He's a yeah. tough, he's a hard runner. But Ronnie Hillman, you know, at one point last season, was the starting running back
0: for the Denver Broncos. Are you saying Ronnie Hillman's a stash? Like, at the very least, like, even if the wheels come off the wagon and the Vikings end up becoming a dumpster fire, you're saying towards the end of the season while they're playing, they might just give Ronnie Hillman the rock and maybe he ends up becoming that late-season Tim Hightower, like that guy who's rushing for 100 yards in garbage time? I
1: really think at this point that the Vikings kind of need to balance out the offense a little bit because Bradford's not going to be throwing them to victory. Mm -hmm. Mm But they kind of need to really
2: get a hold of the running game and stabilize it and, you know, really enforce it. So if they're going to do that, Hillman's a great guy to to kind of get the the reins on things behind. Okay. he's worth a dash. Because if things, look, the
1: season for the Vikings, they are still still got a winning record. They can still kind of get this thing together. And he might be a part of it down the road.
0: Okay. Last thing I'll say is the Vikings defense I thought was money in the bank fantasy wise, but now I'm looking to drop my Vikings defense fantasy wise. Uh, My recommendation is to pick up the San Diego Chargers defense. They have been really, really tasty. We'll talk about them soon enough. Um, But my my recommendation for fantasy owners go look for the San Diego Chargers defense. As it goes for fantasy defenses, tend to you know they get name notoriety. People go get the Broncos. They go get the Seahawks. They go get you know whatever is hot now and then. The real fantasy defense producers are the ones that are actually playing well, and sometimes sneaky picks like the Chargers can be really, really good. So look out for uh, the Chargers as a nice replacement on D. Uh, uh, I'm going to jump to the next game on the docket. Indianapolis Colts win on the road at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. I got a, I got a lot of things to say about this game, but I want to hear your thoughts first, Shaka. What did you think of this game?
1: How goddamn unlikely
0: is that? I Dude, I got just... I don't know what the hell was more surprising. The fact that the Colts won this game with Andrew Luck playing as poorly as he did, or that the Packers it lost this game with Aaron Rodgers playing as great as he did.
1: At level Field. They went into Lambeau Field and snatched a victory away. It, it really uh,
0: And it know, wasn't even close. They were in control of this game for most of the game.
1: Yeah. I, Andrew Luck had some great throws. And he, you're right. He did not play amazingly well.
0: I mean, HaHa, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix throws. picked him off twice.
1: Yeah, he had a couple moments where it just just looked like, man, that should be a sack, and he got the football out just in time, and it was a guy wide open in the middle of the field. So There were moments where I just wondered, how could the
0: Packers kind of quit down? They had to pass rush on him Mm -hmm. and let him off those throws.
1: Kind
0: of drive the I mean, there was there was some running going on here. Frank Gore, man. Frank Gore, two rushing touchdowns. And they didn't really run all over the place, but every everything they did was effective just enough. You know, yeah. Frank Gore was able to get those first downs. They were able to move the ball right when they needed to. The thing that jumped out at me was how suspect the Packers D popped up to be. And, um, I mean, the special teams. I mean, the Colts opened the game yeah. with a kickoff return touchdown. Come on, man.
1: Start the game, 10 seconds in, and they already punched you right in the
0: mouth with a kickoff return touchdown. I uh, The other thing i got to talk about with the Colts is Dante Moncrief, okay? He has really brought something to this Colts offense since he returned because he's a red zone target. He's a really good complement to T.Y. Hilton. And the Colts offense just seems much more po- potent now that he's back. What do you think? I think, you, you know what, you got a fair point.
1: I, I really didn't have a handle on Moncrief just because, one, he's been – kind of off and on in terms of the health situation. But when he's a healthy man, he really produces. He doesn't necessarily, you know, pop out his eyes in terms of, uh, like, a Michael Thomas all of a sudden in New Orleans where he's putting up big numbers. But Mark will have a game, you know, where he'll jump out at you with eight catches for, you know, 88 yards and a touchdown. And, you know what, I'll I'll gladly take those kind of numbers, you know, when, when wide receivers sometimes are not really... You know, Moncrief, when when the, the Colts are really moving, mm-hmm. Moncrief is part of that.
0: Yeah, and and Andrew Luck likes him. Man, he finds him. He finds him in the end zone. He's a key part. You know, whereas some of the other Colt receivers can't do those things, Moncrief can. And, I mean, I would say... I
1: think he's still got a lot of upside. We haven't seen the best yet from Murphy.
0: Yeah, and and if he is on your waiver wire in your league because he was hurt for a while and people forgot about him, go get him. I mean, I certainly know a few leagues that dropped him because, you know, listen, when you get hurt for six, seven, eight weeks, it's very common to be dropped in a fantasy league. This is an opportunity to go scoop that guy back up because I think he's a viable start, if not in wide receiver one or two, and definitely a flex play. Um, true. I mean, that's not the guy. Before we move away from this game, let's talk about the Packers a little bit here. Let's talk about what the hell's going on. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Give it to me. I love it. But uh, I think Jordy Nelson's reliable. Even though he had a one-catch game a few weeks ago, I still think he's pretty reliable. But what are we going to make of the whole Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Ty Montgomery? Because it's all starting to become a bit of a hash. I mean, Ty Montgomery still seems to be running the ball. He's still getting kind of carries out of the backfield, but... You know, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, they had touchdowns, but they didn't really do much else besides that. I mean, is it time to panic on any of these guys, or was this just one game?
1: It's, it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about this. There are a few things that just didn't really sit well with me in this game in terms of uh, the Packers offense. Mm-hmm. Tom Montgomery looks great at running back. There's just one problem. He doesn't pass protect like a running back Oh, does. And, yeah. And it showed a couple times uh, where Aaron Rodgers got sacked where he at least got hurried and you know one of Aaron Rodgers Like kind of staple moments is just watching him have all this time in the pocket mm-hmm. to really see the field and, and make a good decision and he really did not have a lot of that in this game mm-hmm. He had let the football goal with a quick release, but there were a couple times the time Montgomery
2: Just made contact with the defender and the guy slid right off of him and went right at Rodgers. Oh. So you know, and
1: I mean he's great for probably situational um, you know, offensive packages, but they need a real running back in there. And I think I think the coaches Montgomery Montgomery's probably not gonna be the running back running back out there for longer. I mean he's a great wide receiver too, so I like that package where you've got a Jordy Nelson, you've got a uh, Devontae Adams and you have a Ty Montgomery. Like that's a pretty nice three to throw to. So look for them to kinda of go back to a standard um setup
0: i I mean, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the running game because they're not going to abandon it. They certainly don't want to. They want to integrate it more. But I mean, they're just hit with injuries. They got the injury bug. They're they're starting. You know, Don Jackson off the practice squad, and there's only so much you can do. I, I mean, I'm starting to really wonder if this Packers team is even going to make it to the playoffs. I mean, I'm really thinking that now.
1: It really is because you would never think that the Packers are always in the mix, but it, it, I mean, they need something else. I don't know if Sparks is going to be coming back, but. They, they I, I'm not a big fan of Montgomery at the back in terms of pass protection. When they, need, when they have a third-down situation and you need him to just hold, hold the floodgates back, he's, he's either got to kind of learn to do it well, or they're going to have to go to a
0: more traditional situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else to say with this game? You want to move on?
1: I think we're good
0: here. All right, next game on the docket, New Orleans Saints- win on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. The Saints are 4-4. Four and four. After starting 0-3, Drew Brees looks amazing. And the thing I'm going to throw at you right now, let me ask you right now, Michael Thomas looks great, two touchdowns. Is he a better start than Brandon Cooks and or Willie Sneed? What do you think?
1: You know, you called it a long time ago. You like Michael Thomas. And he, I think he's got a better relationship in terms of just a rapport on the field with Drew Brees and Cooks and sneeze. Look, Brandon Cooks is still a guy who can burn you with the, the deep threat. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, um, we're talking volume. I,
0: Michael Thomas he, he just looks that. He looks so fucking smart on the field. And there was one, one that one touchdown catch. catch. Holy shit! Record,
1: man, he just he, he looks like a veteran. He you, you would not realize he's a rookie. But he's just got that – he's got that – that Hawkins thing in the red zone. But you know what? Michael Thomas is the number one receiver out
0: there, that rookie. Yeah. I mean, the talent is there, and Drew Brees likes him. I mean, Drew Brees makes – he makes uh, stars out of a lot of receivers. But when the receiver is good – I mean, it just becomes explosive because what they're doing right now is really exciting to see. and And listen, we could say what we want about Michael Thomas. that doesn't that doesn't discount what's happening with Brandon Cooks. doesn't discount what's happening with Willie Sneed. These guys are getting work. You know, in a PPR format, they're getting volume. I mean, I still like all of them. It's just that, you know, Michael Thomas is kind of setting himself apart. I mean, he's, I mean, I'm going to look it up in a second, but, I mean, he's had touchdowns in multiple games often. I mean, this is this is something you can't ignore anymore.
1: I also don't want to write off. Um, we kind of got to take it. The, the running game for the New Orleans Saints was lot alive.
0: Oh, and my it. God. Mark Ingram, you want to talk about bouncing back.
1: Woo! After giving me negative one point last week in my matchup. This week, I, I kept them in really because I just,
0: because they're playing I, the Niners, and the Niners' D is atrocious. Exactly.
1: you got to play the matchup. And I was like, you know what? Even if you let Tim Hightower... Who, by the way, Hightower had a great game Oh, my
0: well. God. Hightower... They both had great games.
1: It, it, it's just... Look, guys. If you're playing the for 49ers or the Cleveland Browns, you better fucking play everybody you have who can score touchdowns. Just because... It's, you're, you're, it's madness not to me. you got to play the matchups, And it seems like the 49ers, they're going to compete.
0: But on defense, they're, they're like a revolving door. They're gonna give up play. Yeah. So you have to play. You gotta play who you got. I uh, now Hightower. Okay. So this is so last week he clearly they clearly benched Ingram and Hightower got the work. He looked great. This time around, the Saints ran away with the game. Hightower came in and salted it away. This is two straight games of good Hightower performances, but I. I think both of them are a product of circumstance. Do you trust Hightower going forward?
1: I kind of had to last year. I had Mark Ingram on a fantasy team last year, and he got injured towards like the last third of the season. Mm-hmm. And Hightower came in, and he played really well. I, I honestly, I, I'm thinking about it now, and I think that is credit. Just he fits really well in that New Orleans Saints offense in terms of just kind of pounding the football,
2: Okay. you know, and, and giving them. So he's not going to give you
0: monster games, but he definitely had one or two hundred yard games. Yeah. last last It's just kind of just
1: the sheer volume of carries you can give him. He had twenty three carries in this game. Yeah, the, the fifteen. And I
0: think he it. had, I think he had twenty carries the week before as well against the Seahawks. Yeah,
1: yeah he's capable. He's definitely capable of carrying, you know, sustaining the load. And they're going to be playing the Broncos next week. So
0: I, I think we might see a little bit more of this two-back feature, and you might see Ingram in the red zone. Okay, okay. So definitely, I we're talking Stash Hightower. If Hightower's out there, we're liking him as a waiver-wire pickup. It's
1: entirely
0: possible. I, I, it can't hurt you. Now, the 49ers are fucking terrible. I think <laughs> that goes without saying at this point. In some ways, I'm kind of happy because, you know, I'm not happy for the Niners. I'm more happy because Chip Kelly is proving to be as bad as I thought he was. Um, now from a fantasy perspective, now people talked about Colin Kaepernick would be a good start. He had a great game. He threw nearly 400 yards against this Saints D. I mean, we are talking about matchups, the Saints and the Niners. Now this was an offensive fireworks display. Okay. Both, both playmakers on both sides of the ball were able to do stuff. I mean, Quentin Patton had a hundred yards receiving for the San Francisco 49ers, but I'm still not believing any of this shit. The only thing that I'm believing right now regarding who on the Niners is a worthwhile fantasy start, in my opinion, as long as Carlos Hyde is hurt, Dewan Harris. Dewan Harris really stepped up. He got a lot of work. And I think that he's a guy who going forward might actually be a nice start at running back. What do you think about that?
1: Dewan Harris, got. I mean, Surprising speed is the word i probably use because he definitely caught me off guard. He he had this one reception where he just took off down the sideline and it was just a foot race and no one was even remotely close. Yeah, I think he's got a little bit more, he fits that Kelly offense a little bit better than the Carlos Hyde and um, Sean Ron and those guys they've been trying to fit in. that mm-hmm. I, I think he's probably a little bit more, he's got more of that flexibility. And I, I'm I'm almost positive. In fact I'm gonna put money in it that you're gonna see more of him in a feature back role. He's definitely earned the opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah, and listen, as as long as Carlos Hyde is hurt, I think you know, and, and Carlos Hyde it might take him some time to come back, but I think in the meantime, Dewan Harris is the guy to have and I think we're gonna see more of this.
1: And you know what? And again, I Colin Kaepernick, I'm trying to look at the stats, but um this is not his first solid game looks. His teams have lost. The teams uh forty nine is our shit. We're not making any kind of... We're not sugarcoating defense. this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they're not a good team, but Colin Kaepernick is getting plenty of opportunities to throw the football. He almost had 400 yards passing, his he two touchdowns. And, you know, he threw a pick, which is going to
0: happen with the Kaepernick line. He's probably going to have a fumble, and sure enough, he did in this game. Yep. But I mean, in terms of offense, he's going to produce. Okay, okay. Um, Got to watch the matchups, though, because I think next week the Niners are playing the Cardinals, and I don't feel as good about Kaepernick yeah. playing the Cardinals like playing the Saints. A-
1: Arizona hasn't been you know, the top of the food chain, but that secondary still, you got to respect. But that's a so
0: better would, secondary than New Orleans secondary.
1: I would stay away from
0: where Okay, you want to move on and get away from this game? Yeah. Tennessee Titans lose on the road to the San Diego Chargers. Two things I want to bring out is, number one, San Diego Chargers' defense is good. I said this a little bit earlier. They had two defensive touchdowns in this game, a pick six and a return fumble. And the other thing I'm going to say Marcus Mariota puts up a lot of great fantasy numbers, but he's also got some terrible, terrible turnovers. What are your t- any thoughts on Marcus Mariota?
1: He's not a great decision maker, and I honestly actually recommended him as a quarterback to someone last
0: week. I mean, in fantasy. Fan- in fantasy, I think he still produced pretty well. In real-time football. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I will say, I, he made me nervous because the first half of this game, he did not, he was not really doing much, and no. I, was, I was, man, I had made a really bad call to kind of pick things up for the guy But the other thing, I, I like Mariota because
2: he kind of gives you a little versatility. He can throw the football, and he can have a to throw the football because they're also going to be playing from behind at some point. Yeah, and yeah. He runs, he runs pretty well for a,
1: a quarterback, which I, every time I see him run, I kind of blink because I forget that he has the ability. You're like, oh, run.
0: right. He can scramble and scramble real yeah. well.
1: And he's aggressive, too. He likes to pick up those chunks of yards. So, I, again, he's, he still makes a couple boneheaded um, interceptions and plays. And he will fumble. He's definitely fumble-prone. Mm-hmm. So, he'll fumble at least once a game. But um, every now and then, it depends on the matchup. The standing of charges are playing a lot better defensive, right? Yeah. But they still give up a lot of points. Yeah. They have moments where, you know, and they actually did not sack Mariota in this game, which is surprising. I thought that was going to happen for sure.
0: Yeah, that, I, that that did raise an eyebrow for me as well. Because, again, I think the Chargers' D is good, but they've also got problems. They've got holes. Yeah, I thought they were going to sack him for sure. I mean, they got him to
1: fumble football, but um, they, they didn't get to him, so, which is surprising. But they, the Chargers still gave up a lot of points for me. So I, I love their defense. And look, they had a
0: couple big defensive touchdowns in this game, which were, man... They, they're Huge. Was, they're, they're exciting. They're exciting to watch. I, uh, now, d- offensively, the Chargers are charging along, man. Rivers, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon nearly rushed for a 200 yards. 196 yards. Ooh, it's not 200. That's still pretty damn close. What a difference. Amazed, huh? Dude, what a difference. This is a guy who couldn't do anything last year, and now, I mean, I think he's right up there as top two or top three running backs with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he's phenomenal. I, I, watched, I
1: watched some of these runs he had in this game, and man, he just looks, he looks so, so different. He looks so confident. He looks like he can do anything out there.
0: He looks invincible. So good. So good. And then you've got Antonio Gates playing like it's ten years ago. Tight
1: Ty- mean, look, the, the guy looks I mean, physically, he doesn't look like that, and that intimidating Antonio Gates from when he was so young and just dominant. But somehow, he's still making it happen. He had five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. And he's like rewinding time
0: here. I mean, every time I want to count him out and say he's not a good start, he goes and has a great game. So, I I mean, I still think Antonio Gates is a dynamite tight end start. He's he's proven me wrong every time I say something otherwise.
1: <laughs> I had him last year, and I benched him for a little while, and then I regretted it for the game he, he
0: refuses to be denied. He refuses to be denied his right. And listen, we've all been burned by him. He's all he's also been a late he's been a game time decision scratch as well. He's given me a few donuts in my time. <laughs> he's been in the league long enough that we both have stories of when he's burned us. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Um anything else about this game? I kind of, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think anything is new here. You know, Tyrell Williams looked good, Delaney Walker had a touchdown. You know, Demarco Murray had a touchdown. Like I don't. You know,
1: Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry got injured actually in this game.
0: Ooh, uh, yeah, that's right. Not nothing terrible, but he got hurt. But I
1: don't know if he's a sure thing to play next week. So uh, Demarco Murray might actually see a bump in uh, influence.
0: Okay, okay, that's a very good thing to because listen, I think part of us were were wondering when Demarco Murray when the wheels were going to come off the wagon and they have Derrick Henry ready. But if Derrick Henry's down, you know. Even more onus is put on DeMarco Murray, but like you said, that probably brings his stock up. Exactly. Um, All right, let's move on to Thursday night football. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like a drum in sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. Matty Ice is fantastic. MVP candidate, throws for 444 yards and four touchdowns. Falcons ran the ball, had a rushing touchdown with Taylor Gabriel. Give me some of your thoughts about this Falcons team.
1: I mean, I got one one word to kind of sum up this Falcons team perfectly. Yawn. <laughs> I, it's just a, a regular night for them. Just, yeah, it, it just pretty much was never in doubt. Nope. And
0: even even when right. it was a close game, it still wasn't in doubt. It
1: is. Automatic. There's nothing anyone pretty much can do to stop Julio Jones at will. He wasn't even. He wasn't
0: involved in the game early on. No. But when he finally got involved, it's just get out of the friggin' way. Yeah. Like you. Why are you? Move, why are you, bitch. You? Yeah. Get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. Get out the way. And
1: it's just a question of who who's a feature, is Julio Jones, and who is behind other guy to help us. You know, and, and I'm, had a solid
0: I mean, dude, Matty Ice is starting to spread it around. You're seeing yeah. Austin Hooper get into the mix. Taylor Gabriel is getting a piece.
1: Taylor Gabriel, they like to kind of mix him up as the different run and pass options. And he's, the last couple of games, has come on pretty strong. He had that big touchdown last
0: week. And then this week, he just just put it on he has a really good fantasy day i mean he's a really sneaky like that's a guy that we got to start talking about now like he is slowly rising up the fantasy waiver wire pickups because i mean he's sneaking up no one's talking about him you know no one's picking him up yeah. i'm sure if we were on one of those espn shows we'd be able to have a stat that says he's he's owned in 20 percent of leagues or 15 percent of whatever that bullshit is i can tell you nobody's talking about him and he's out there and he could probably be a nice flex option
1: I guarantee, if he has another game like this, where he just kind of gets a mixed bag, but you know makes the most of the opportunity, we're gonna be seeing his his, uh, his value skyrocket. He's gonna be getting scooped up left and right, especially with the
0: Falcons' offense in He he could be a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, now the Buccaneers, uh, nothing new. Um, Mike Evans is is catching thirty p- balls a game as he does. Yep. Uh, I think he might have a concussion. He got nailed really hard in this game. Uh, the
1: catch they made for that concussion was,
3: uh, was
0: amazing. Beauty. I, I definitely, after that catch, I remember thinking, I think he's got a concussion. But he came back in the game and continued to play for a while before I think they yeah, finally took him out. I mean,
1: I, he got plowed, and I was like, okay, he's out for the game. And later on, I mean, I, he's like, I'm
0: good. I'm good, dude. Yeah, yeah it's like two tough. plays later, you're like, is that number 13? Oh, shit, he's still on the field.
1: Look, look, look at the numbers. Seventeen targets,
0: dude. For Mike Evans, Just absurd, absurd <laughs> it's amount of It's for this like guy. there's nobody else on the team.
1: It, it really is, but you know what? I've been looking at this kid. Um, I think his name's Austin Humphrey.
0: Yeah, Adam, so like, Adam Humphrey's he, that guy, dude. He is definitely Jameis Winston likes him.
1: They have no choice. They need to have another guy to throw the football suit, and he's actually had a couple solid games. I, I'm reluctant to kind of say go for it. But at the same time, he's, he's kind of not going away.
0: He's um, not going away. And listen, if Evans misses a game, Humphreys could be a great start. Exactly. It's entirely
1: possible we could be looking at him as being the number one option.
0: Um, and, and we also got, you know, Jameis Winston hurt his knee in the fourth quarter. Mike Glennon came in through a garbage time touchdown. But we also need to talk about is Jameis Winston going to play next week? Uh, I
1: mean, it's. Uh, we're gonna have to check the injury report in on that one because Jameis Winston is also another recommendation I made, and just in terms of uh, pick, it kind of is in the same vein as uh, Tennessee, where they can put up some points, but they're they're not they're not good enough to really kind of compete with any of the teams they play against. Yep, right
0: now. yep, I agree, I agree. And listen, <laughs> you know, and this is with Jameis Winston throwing three touchdowns. Yes,
1: yeah, and still not even they never had a shot in this game.
0: Nope, nope. I mean, the thing that the thing that I uh, I heard I was listening to uh, the Ringer NFL show today, and they they pretty much both came out both of the guys on that show they were like every defense in the NFC South is a dumpster fire, and I was like they're right the Falcons the Bucks the Panthers the Saints all those defenses are an embarrassment to the league. It's
1: an embarrassment enriches our fantasy because it's so much easier to pick your lineups when you are east. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure they're gonna. You know, Drew Brees is gonna run for up, yeah. so you have because
0: it's the sweat. only thing he can do.
1: <laughs> yeah, and his defense is awful. It's awful, so it's gonna be a shootout every game, or potentially a shootout every game. I mean
0: that, makes, that that is, that is one of the silver linings of these shitty defenses.
1: I, I love it, man. I, I love playing against the good Swiss cheese defense.
0: Um, the last thing I'll say about this game before we move off of it the Buccaneers run game is a complete that's a dumpster fire. I don't know what the hell's going on there. The only the only thing I want to say is this guy, Peyton Barber. He got the start, he's healthy, and he seems to be the only guy that's probably even going to be able to run the ball come next week,
1: which is crazy. Yeah, I, I think once you just Rogers, um. God, I'm having
0: a. Dude, Doug Martin, I don't. <laughs> he if he comes that? back, it, it's not going to be in time for any meaningful games for this Buccaneers team.
1: I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to come back for all of this week's game. So I. I pay him more, but I need a bigger sample size. I need another game. Because I think they have no choice but to kind of factor him in to kind of maybe a little misdirection on the Falcons defense. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to throw in on every down. Mike Evans. They have to run every now and then to kind of break up the monotony.
0: I mean, at this point, if you're desperate for a running back, Peyton Barber's who you want to go get. He's a desperation move. He's like, if you yeah, need sure. anybody like, who's on the waiver wire, that's who you get. Yeah,
1: this is times of heart. If you're, you know, you're reading by candlelight. If you're going with Peyton Barber,
0: <laughs> I just need anything. It's dark and horrible <laughs> in here. Yeah, maybe maybe for my one in seven uh, fantasy team that you just put a whooping on, you know that team you put two hundred points on. Oh god! Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that the team where I'm starting <laughs> Jonathan Stewart and Darren Sproles as my running backs.
1: That was literally just, just the alignment of every. This was luck. That was sure luck. I mean, honest
0: to God, it was because some of those guys where I was like, I don't even know if he's going to fucking do anything this week. Hey, man, sometimes that's 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 the best win of all, when you just throw a whole bunch of I'll shit on the wall and see what sticks. I'll
1: gladly take yes. it.
0: Uh, you want to move on to the next game?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Pittsburgh Steelers lose on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. The first thing I'll say about this, this was a typical AFC North defensive slugfest. It was a black-and-blue game decided by a touchdown or a field goal. This was not new for me. Um, the thing I want to highlight, though, is this Steelers offense really looks bad now, and I really think it's all predicated on the fact that ben, Big Ben is not healthy. What do you What do you make of this Steelers offense right now?
1: Honestly, I'm amazed that they didn't run him into the huddle on a goddamn stretcher. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We're going to be talking about this. If Roethlisberger ends up getting hurt and knocked off for the season with a really bad injury, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about what the fuck? What the Steelers thinking? Bringing him back so damn soon after a big knee injury that knocks out a lot of players—not just in the NFL, in any sport—knocks mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. And this guy is back in fucking two weeks. And he, he obviously did not look comfortable in pocket. Granted, the Ravens, or you know, have a pretty good tax rush. Mm-hmm.
0: out there. I, I mean, I, don't, it, I just. What make of it? I don't know how he gets cleared to play. The guy had surgery on his knee like three weeks ago. And, you know, you we really need to really give some credit to the Ravens defense. I mean, I think the Ravens D is the best part of their team. You know, they've got some explosive playmakers. They've got Mike Wallace, who's clearly still got gas left in the tank. You know, right when you yep. don't think he's going to have a, a crazy game, he has an amazing touchdown pass like he did in that game. Um I don't think much of this Ravens... Like, Joe Flacco can throw picks at any given time, but that defense is the thing that's keeping them in the game. That defense is the thing that's keeping them at 4-4. Four and four. And this was the defense that kind of just was choking the Steelers' offense. I mean, Le'Veon Bell couldn't even really get anything going. Like, yeah. like what do you, what the hell do the Steelers have to look forward to? Like, is the, is are the Steelers going to make the playoffs? At this point, I, I haven't
1: paid to say yes. I Honestly, I'm I'm more concerned about the long-term health of Roethlisberger. I I, I think they're probably going to try and give him one more go Mm -hmm. and one more game, but I I really, they really need to kind of give him a chance to to be healthy because it's obviously showing. I don't want to say it's entirely, you know, entirely like the Ravens' defense was the reason why he was not that good out there. He he really took a long time to kind of connect with Antonio Brown, even to start the game, yeah, yeah, you know, guys like Sammy Coates were even;
2: they were non-factors in this game. So yeah. I, I want to kind of see what they look like
1: in the next week's matchup before I say, all right, they got to shut it down and let Landry Jones play. And God, please don't wreck yourselves for 2017. All right,
0: look, let me ask you this: Does Landry Jones, if he's starting, do they do the Steelers win that game?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think about what they playing next week?
0: Uh, next, Oh, yeah, by the way, next week they're playing the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Ooh, so you know, Lynch Jones ain't playing.
0: No, they're going to trot left. Big Ben out there, and he's going to get mauled.
1: I think so. I think we're going to look at this and go, all right, you know, this is like Rocky where they just throw the towel in. you can't kill them out there. I'm thinking back to the split, on um, when Cam Newton a couple of weeks ago, was complaining about a um, lack of uh, protection from the refs and the NFL overall. Um, I think it was one of the, the Steelers' offensive guards told him to quit being a crybaby. You know, Ben is out there every week, you know, and, and take shots and get to beat up. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Ben Roethlisberger's career is going to be, you know, shortened by about three or four years if this keeps up. So, I, you know, it's one thing that, to talk about toughness, but what is going to affect your longevity in the NFL? That's another story, and I I'm I'm kind of whimping, just waiting for that big hit where Roethlisberger's not that mobile, and he's gonna get clipped from behind, and that's it.
0: I uh, you know, I'm not waiting for that hit because I feel like I've seen it happen a lot. You know, Roethlisberger, this is not the first time he's been knocked out mid-season. This was the same guy who got in a motorcycle accident with no helmet right after he won the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean. Oh <laughs> <laughs> This is a guy who, you know, he'll get half his body blown off, and he'll come back like the bionic man and just, you know, throw a couple of touchdown passes against the Bengals or the Browns. I mean.
1: Well, he's not that young anymore, man. No. He's He's 33, 34.
0: I mean, I think the magic is running out. Like, I think a couple more of these AFC North games, and he's not going to be able to get up after one of these hits.
1: You I'm going to talk all this shit, and next week he's going to come in and he's going to put a fucking whooping on the Cowboys. I'm
0: gonna, what is that? What, what happened? I don't... Dude, if they beat the Cowboys, I will not understand anything about this Steeler team. This was a Steeler team that could not be denied at the beginning of the season and then dropped a clunker against the Eagles. And I'm not saying the Eagles are bad. I'm just saying yeah. this was one of the most high-powered offenses that put up three points against the Eagles. So, I just... You know, it was not that long ago that we were talking about how nothing could stop this offense. and Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and now we're sitting here, they can't They can't get anything going. I, I'm, I I. don't know what the hell. I don't know. I don't understand. This This season is boggling me.
1: They need to go back and watch the tape. But you know what I think part of it is? that They like to factor in those screen
0: passes to Le'Veon Bell a lot mm-hmm. to really pick up some yardage and
1: extend drives. Teams are picking up on it. And I think the Ravens really keyed into it. And they kind of shut it down because Le'Veon Bell had six catches and he had 38 yards. Yeah, the really kind of is just forcing them. You got to throw the ball in it. You got to throw the football like for real, and those screen passes. And they couldn't cut it. They couldn't do it.
0: Uh, this is uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that division shakes out. Uh, oh yeah. You want to get away from this game?
1: Yeah, we got nothing left to salvage from this.
0: Dallas Cowboys put a whooping on the Cleveland Browns, 35 to 10, in Cleveland. What 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 is there to say about this game? I mean,
1: just to keep it short and sweet. It was target practice for them
3: at
0: yeah. this point. I mean the Cowboys. They did everything that you thought they would. I mean, this is a straight up. We are who they thought they were. Dak Prescott looked. Dak Prescott looked better than we thought he would. Three touchdowns. The accuracy. Jason Witten with a monster game.
1: Yeah, and then I think the other tight end had a, a pretty solid game too, just because they thought he was going to throw to Witten again.
0: And he went to Gavin Escobar, and Gavin Escobar got some got a part of the action.
1: Did you ever get to pick up uh, Travis for or other fantasy
0: team? Uh, no, no, I got a, I got, I got beat on all the waiver claims. I didn't pick him up at all.
1: Man, I think everyone was kind of keen in on that matchup. Jeez. Uh, I, mean, I, I got, I got to pick him up, but um, I, it, I you know, i I'm, I'm wondering how he's going to perform against his defense
0: next week. I mean, I still feel good about him performing well. I think it was a combination of things. It was number one, you know, this far into the season, everyone started to believe the Dak Prescott hype, and and he's been consistent from a fantasy standpoint. Like Trevor Simeon has kind of stopped becoming a, a, a being a good fantasy producer. He had a couple of good games, and then he kind of came back down to earth. Dak Prescott is putting up good numbers, and he's getting better week by week. And then you combine that with the fact that he was playing the Browns. All of a sudden, he was the tastiest pickup out there.
1: And it's awkward because I actually benched Russell Wilson because I had he hadn't had a touchdown in three games Dude. And I benched him that.
0: I mean, listen, it was fine. I'm sure Dak probably put up more fantasy points than Russell Wilson.
1: I think about the same actually. Just is hilarious.
0: Yeah, but you know but I have a feeling Dak's gonna continue to put those numbers up whereas Russell will come back down to earth because he's looked like shit that, from a fantasy perspective, Russell Wilson has been disappointed. <laughs> he uh, has been. The other now, um, Real quick, just because we don't need to dwell too much on this game, Terrell Pryor still looks good. Um, Gary Barnage still gets work. Corey Coleman came back. I don't know if he really did anything, but he's back. It's you know, good to know. Um, the last thing I'll say is that Des Bryant was a non-factor. Which was kind of a surprise. But yeah. I think at the time was okay just because Win was just open.
1: I, I think if you kind of go with a hot hand, they really did not have an answer
0: yeah. for J.C. Witten. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think Des Bryant is drawing coverage. You know, he is still the number one guy, and I, and early on there was a sense like you know Dak Prescott couldn't get him the ball, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I think he's just getting covered a lot, and Dak Prescott's throwing to the open man. That's 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 the long and the short of it. Um, yeah,
1: I, I, I think yeah. They even gave Elliot Elliot kind of rest. He really he put up big numbers, but I mean Alfred Morris almost had to stay on of carries because he get Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like they. You know, I think they really didn't want to kind of put too much strain on the
0: starters. Yeah, and I think there's also a sense now that they're really getting this feeling like we need to conserve these guys. Why are we running them into the fourth quarter? I mean, the fourth quarter was straight garbage time. Mark Sanchez yeah. showed up.
1: I guess the Browns. I
0: mean, it's it was a blowout. Let's, let's get away. What the hell else do we need to say about this game? Uh... Monday Night Football, Buffalo Bills lose to the Seattle Seahawks in a really close game. What uh, I've got a few things I want to say, but anything you want to take away from this game initially?
1: I don't want to take anything away from your points. I just, that one Richard Sherman play where he hurt Dan Carpenter.
0: Yeah, that was a really, what did you think of that?
1: I honestly think it might have, I think it changed the for of the game a little bit. I think he could have been looking at a tied game. And I really can gone either way. And it really it, it knocked the wind out of I think uh, it knocked the wind out of the Bills a little
0: bit. You know, I I'm really for those of you who didn't see the play, Dan Carpenter's about to kick a field goal, Richard Sherman goes off sides and runs to tackle him too early, nobody blocks him, but he gets he's so unblocked he gets all the way to the kicker and nails the kicker. But instead of the refs calling a roughing the kicker and giving the Bills a first down, they said, oh, it was just offsides, and it was a five-yard penalty, and now they just have to kick the kick again. It was really...
1: The craziest I, part of that...
0: I, I thought it was poorly handled by the, the refs.
1: They couldn't yet. Yeah, the, the refs said they couldn't call roughing the kicker because the Bill's medical squad had come out onto the field already.
0: But he came said, out onto the I field because he fucking hit the kicker after the play was dead.
1: And they took a timeout away from the build because of the injury. So not only did they not get the
2: thing the kicker, they also lost the timeout
0: and they had to fight the football just to get uh, time for another
1: it was That like, was It was a really bizarre sequence.
0: Terribly handled by the—it all made sense. You know, I'm sure they handled it by the book, but the truth was the Seahawks took advantage of that entire scenario. Like, there was—I right. mean, they really got away with one there. Ugh, I did not like that.
1: It was rough. And I mean, it, again, a Monday night football, and the NFL not looking at its most pristine in terms of just, just managing that whole situation. It was a wreck.
0: Disappointing. And Disappointing. You can look at the sidelines and you can see uh, Rex Ryan's his
1: face. This is disbelief. He like, he's like, really fucking happening right now? Dude,
0: he had me? every right to be upset. That was ridiculous. I mean, I was watching it with uh with my wife and my sister-in-law, and, and both of them were like, what the hell's going on? These are like, yeah, these I'm are like, non-football watchers watching it going, what the hell was that? And good
1: luck trying to explain what's going on when you're not really sure yourself why the refs are, you know, kind of handling it the way they are.
0: Just poorly put together. Um. The other things I'll mention about the game, uh, so the Seahawks did win, but uh, I mean I felt it felt like Buffalo was in control of most of the game. The C- the Seahawks offensive line is still terrible. Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson is still the only thing that's bailing them out. Jimmy Graham, oh. Jimmy Graham is back. Dude, two. Not one, but two one-handed touchdown catches. Eat your heart out Odell Beckham Jr.
1: I feel bad for that defender. He made him into his bitch. And I can see right after he was
0: so frustrated because he it was on it it um, great coverage. The defensive pass defense, he
1: literally was riding on one of Jimmy Graham's arms. Too bad he didn't ride on both of them because the free arm brought that
0: touchdown in. I mean, they were both gorgeous. I can't even decide which one I liked more. I dude, Jimmy Graham is still a talent and I I think I mean he's back. He's back up into top three tight ends. You know, like, nah, he's up there with Gronk now.
1: Just because I was still block-jammed at tight end, I had him and Jordan Reed. I was traded in last week, but Jordan Reed's on the buy this week, so I'm glad that didn't go through.
0: Dude, keep them both, man, because they are both some tasty wild cards who are going to cash in for you.
1: Yeah, seriously. Also, Lashawn McCoy, who I, you know, we, you and I had talked about him just being a like gamble. He actually looked. He looks solid. He yeah, looks. So- you know,
0: I was. I was pleasantly impressed at how much he played and how good he looked.
1: Yeah, he looked. He looked like there was no injury at all. You know, he didn't put up big fantasy numbers, but he put up solid ones. Well, take
0: you. I mean, I was. Uh, I. I feel comfortable enough to say that I think he's back, and and you can feel comfortable starting him again. You know, and against yeah. a poorer run defense, I think he can do some more damage. It sucked that you know Gillisley vultured the touchdown from him, but I mean. The fact that McCoy was out there and looked as good as he did was was exciting enough.
1: I think maybe that guilty, uh touchdown was one, maybe a little just misdirection, and two, so McCoy looked so good that they didn't want to jinx the by putting him in a goal line situation. Yeah, I agree. Where had to up on him and, and you know hurt him potentially. So. That's a
0: that's a really good point. It's a really good point. Um, also, Robert, also, uh, Robert Woods. Wide receiver for the Bills. Had a great game. You know, we've talked about this before. Do, do you still trust him? Do you trust any of this?
1: I wonder where the hell has he been this
0: whole time. Uh, Tyrod Ty Taylor good. doesn't throw the ball.
1: Yeah, and Tyrod Taylor is actually a really good quarterback when he does get to throw the fucking football. They had no choice. They wanted to stay in that game. The Seahawks actually had to throw the football. And Robert Wood looks like he's playing for a contract for somebody.
0: Yeah. Buffalo, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, Sammy Watkins can Dude. come back and have these guys one two out there. You know, the offense
0: is is it's dangerous. I mean, Robert Woods should be trying to get a job there because this is the same Bills team that is starting Justin Hunter, who was waived by the Titans, and Percy Harvin, who was retired last week.
1: Yes, I mean, times must be hard. You're, you're calling guys for retirement. I don't know what Percy Harvin is doing, but uh, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's
0: catching a couple of passes in Monday Night Football. That's what he's doing.
1: That's crazy.
0: Uh, anything else about this game you want to move on?
1: Um, the running game for the Seahawks wasn't that great.
0: But no, I, you no, know, it really, Whoa, oh God, it was not. Christian Michael got a touchdown, but he had five carries for one rushing yard.
1: He really, you know, when, when Travis Rawls was first hurt, he really kind of put on it. And he looked great, and he looked like, you know, it's going to be all right in the running game, but Travis Rawls is supposedly healthy. He might be back next week. Really? So, yeah, they saying he's back in that broken leg. He's gonna play soon.
0: Well, that'll be a nice reprieve because I mean, Christian Michael hasn't looked bad, but he's had a couple of dicey games. And I mean, listen, if he keeps <laughs> playing as well as he's playing, it'll be nice to split the carries. But if Rawls yeah. comes back, he might. This might be an opportunity for him to retake the starting role. They
1: might sit Rawls for another week just to kind of wait and see, but he, don't be surprised if he gets some playing time this
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you, Shaka, for for pointing that out because uh, I was not I was not sure if he was going to be coming back soon because every time Rawls has tried to come back, he just hasn't been healthy yet, and they've just inevitably put him down on the bench before yeah. he's really been able to do anything.
1: This was me eyeballing my um this last week. I was eyeballing my running back options, and I was like, Charles Rawls is going to play soon. Okay, so I've, been, I've been seconding on him every now and then. Now.
0: Yeah, dude, trust me, that one in seven team that you beat the beat the shit out of this week. My two top running backs at the draft was Jonathan Stewart and Thomas Rawls. I thought those guys were going to be my core. Man. Boy, was I wrong. Um, uh, I Do you uh, – you ready to move on? You want to go to the next game?
3: Yeah, I think we're done there.
0: We got two more games on the docket, and I – these as, – as, as you can tell, I'm, I'm starting to become a little bit more particular in how I order these games. I put some of the schlockier ones towards the end. Um <laughs> The Panthers defeat the Los Angeles Rams in LA thirteen to ten. Uh, what I my my first takeaway, I think you know what I'm gonna say, the Panthers suck, but the Rams also suck.
1: So you gotta conundrum, man. Yeah. That was an ugly game all the way around. It was just not a pretty game to watch.
0: I mean, it was punt, 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 punt. I mean, I guess the defenses looked good, but I don't really know if that was the defenses so much as inept offenses. Like they all looked pretty forgettable.
1: Yeah, I, I really honestly I've gotten very little to say about this besides can't I, I I actually have nothing to say about this game. Okay. <laughs> Todd, oh, Gurley. Todd,
0: Todd Gurley Todd Gurley like like I don't think it's I don't think he's droppable I don't think you want to drop him but
1: you play him as a flex if you got no one else Exactly because like has- we're at
0: a position where there are many other guys that I feel more comfortable starting over Todd Gurley like
1: they're backups. They're backups to injured starters who can put up bigger numbers
0: than Todd Gurley. Like I certainly feel better starting Sharkandrick West with the Chiefs or Terrence no. West or Terrence West with the Ravens over Todd Gurley because I'm not. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Case Keenum is not. He he
1: doesn't scare anybody. So they're like, go ahead, let Todd Gurley try to beat him. The
0: offensive line. dude. When nothing. when the hell are we going to see Jared Goff? What 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 is going on?
1: That is a good question, and I mean, as, if that's not a testament to the fact that they don't think golf is ready, then I don't know what is. Because there's absolutely nothing on this Rams offense that indicates that they got to potentially beat anyone. You you have nothing to lose right now. Yeah, in golf play so he must be that bad that you're afraid of having him regress even worse or even further.
0: I'm putting him out. I mean, maybe he might not be that bad, but there might be this element of he really is that raw, that much of a project, which is kind of disappointing if you took him with the number one overall pick. Like, I would expect that if you drafted him in the fourth round or the sixth round, this was the number one overall pick. Like, this guy's got to at least have some moxie in him that he can come out and, and lose a couple of atrocious games just to get his feet wet.
1: And I heard
0: the crowd at the end of the game was chanting, we won't go. Dude, if this guy um, is not ready for begun, prime time, I don't know when he's going to be. He has the gun.
1: Whether or not he's ready, the people want to see him. They want to know what, um, what the quantity is. They bring on call.
0: Uh, from a fantasy perspective, Kenny Britt got a touchdown. Kenny Britt has continued to stay consistent. I think he's one of the few bright spots on this Rams team from a fantasy perspective.
1: He's amazingly effective. He's out on the 600 yards with Steven. I, 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 he's
0: good. Yeah. he's one, Sneaky, sneaky good. And again, most people are not going to go get him because he's on the Rams. You know, like that name recognition, man. Sometimes you hear Rams, you're like, I don't want any of those guys. But Kenny Britt is setting himself <laughs> he takes, apart. You take the consistency. And you know what? If a guy like that on a
1: bad team can put up those numbers. You take it. And he's a twelve prior in the same sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. On the Panthers' side... Greg Olson got a touchdown. Kelvin Benjamin wasn't brilliant, but he still got a lot of work. I'm not. I'm, I still have faith in them. I have faith in Greg Olson. I have faith in Kelvin Benjamin. I still have faith in Cam Newton. I know Jonathan Stewart was kind of mortal, but I kind of have faith in him too. You know, I, I don't. I don't feel that bad about this Panthers offense, but it was disappointing to see them not be able to do much against this Rams team. Yeah, I was a
1: little disappointed in Jonathan Stewart I had that flex. Um, on one team and he he, he did okay. He wasn't amazing. He didn't, you know.
0: I know? Th- I think it's just more indicative about the Panthers, the whole team is just woeful. You know, the defense yeah. is bad, the offense has had trouble moving the ball. I mean, let's let's face uh, it yeah. here, dude. they they suck. They're bad. I started this off. The Panthers suck. I agree. I think uh, I'm done with Do you want to get away from this game?
1: Yeah, this is an ugly one.
0: Again, last and probably least Jacksonville Jaguars lose a close one to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. My takeaways are a couple of things. Sharkhandrick West definitely got the volume and the workload, but he didn't really do much. Niall Davis is back in Kansas City. And Jeremy Macklin, I think it's time to drop him. Any thoughts about this game or what I just said?
1: Well, I almost laughed out loud when you Niall Davis back. I don't
0: know what is going on. That's what I said. I was like, get the fuck out of here. He is back on Kansas City. It's a sordid love affair. you know what? They probably did the, the the depth of running back and uh you got a guy who already knows the playbook. Yep. Bring him back. Dude you cannot um, you cannot fight with a guy you cannot undervalue a guy who already knows the playbook midseason. That's huge. And Jeremy Jeremy Macklin, I think he's he's actually legit injured.
1: Uh, he's he's not hundred percent clearly because he's just
0: you know, I, and it was a groin injury, which you know those things. Those things do not resolve quickly. That's like a hamstring. It's like you know it could linger for weeks. And in some ways, it's kind of good because now there's at least a reason why you can drop him or not start him. Because I love Jeremy Macklin. fucking love him to death, but he has been yeah. absolutely disappointing this season.
1: I'm surprised Hill hasn't gotten more work. Uh, Tyreek Hill, well, like he's a beast there. <laughs>
0: You know, just when you think he's going to get some work, Albert Wilson gets the work.
1: Of all people, but go figure. Um, I was asking Nick yeah. to
0: ask the quarterback. Oh, wait. Not amazing. Wait, Nick wait, Bulls. wait! Say that again. You, you broke up. I missed you.
1: No, sorry. I was saying I was wondering just how good Nick Bowles would be at quarterback, and you know what? It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't but, bad.
0: Um, I thought he was going to air the ball out more, but you know he fit. He, they they fit him back into that Andy Reid conservative offense, and you know, listen, he just works its way. He was a good Let game him. manager through a couple of long ball. That's all they want him to do. You know
1: what? They got the W. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles had a rough start to this game. Really rough, dude. What's Blake Bortles.
0: Blake Bortles, the ultimate garbage-time touchdown machine. You know, he finally—listen, yeah, Alan like, Robinson finally found the end zone.
1: It only took goddamn forever when I finally—I uh, told someone to bench him because he hadn't been producing. And, of course, he shows up and has, like, a pretty good fantasy day.
0: Dude, you know when you least expect it. Another thing that shocked me was Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory had a 100-yard day. Okay, Chris Ivory, do you believe this? Is this real?
1: Uh, you know what, Jacksonville, they better believe it. They, they need a guy. T.J. Yeldon is not the guy. Um, and Chris Ivory, besides all the phantom and crazy, random mystery injuries he's had, uh, you know he, he ran hard out there. He looked like a bully. I saw him run one guy over and just kept on steamrolling. Uh, Jacksonville needs it. They need kind of a little bit more balance in the offense. And you put up 100 yards rushing on the Kansas City Chiefs, it's not a fluke.
0: Yeah, that's, that was the other thing. Was This was not some defense. This was the Kansas City defense. Again, we were talking about the AFC West. You know, you got the Raiders, you got the Broncos. Hell, even the Chargers are pretty damn good. And you've got the Chiefs. The Chiefs, sneaky good team. This is a 6-2 and two team. They're beating people up. They've got a great defense. They've got a nice offensive game plan where they manage and they don't turn the ball over. I mean, this is a very dangerous team. And Chris Ivory was able to run 100 yards on them. So I am sort of thinking... You know, now I think it's probably time to go snag Ivory and hang on to him.
1: Yeah, if he's around, you know, you're, the the offensive coordinators in Jacksonville are not the only ones who are going to be saying, "Hallelujah!" You should grab him, and give him a go. Um, he, and they'll run him in the red zone too. They'll try to get him a score. Mm. I think he just missed scoring in
0: this game. Wow. Okay, that's very good to know. I think it's time to say, "Listen," considering the running back situation this season, Shaka and Sam are definitely saying, "Go get Chris Ivory," because it's hard to find starting running backs out there who are at least worth a damn. And I think, Chris Ivory, you know, this could be the beginning of how Jacksonville rides out the rest of the season.
1: I I think it's a fair assessment. They paid him enough money. They can definitely go ahead and, and get their money's worth.
0: Woo! Shaka, we just ran through all the games, broke down week nine. That was an awful lot to go through, and I'm glad I spent that time doing that and not looking at election results because I'm sure I'll see plenty of that shit when we're done talking about this stuff.
1: Guys, just so you know, as soon as we're done with this show, all the polls should be closed. So we, we can go ahead and and welcome in our new president, whoever that is.
0: But until then, we're going to make some goddamn picks for next week. Goddamn right. Thursday night football, Shaka. You got the Cleveland Browns on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Who you got?
1: Well, before I say anything else, any time you're playing against the Cleveland Browns or San Francisco 49ers, make sure you pick up. Any offensive weapons they are, and play them against these teams because they're fucking
3: terrible.
1: I'm sorry. Did Especially you say something
0: defense. about whatever anyone is playing, the Browns or the Niners? You should pick up every single fucking player on whatever team they're playing. Because they're
1: terrible. You, you've got great offensive options. It's it's target practice for everyone. The Browns may not win a game this year at all. Oh, God. At all.
0: It's so rough right? to hear that because I truly do not think that this is the worst Browns team we've seen in these handful you of know, years.
1: Cody Kessler has been playing a pretty competent quarterback. I, I would be glad to have him at the Jets' quarterback position at this point. He's a competent quarterback. He's not amazing. He's not going to win you games, but he's not going to absolutely fuck them up for you either.
2: No.
0: Still,
1: that being said, they're not a good team.
0: Duh. Feel bad yeah, for freedom. Hugh Jackson. I really feel bad for Hugh Jackson. He's a better coach than this.
1: So at this point, I just want to plug in and say, whoever the Browns play, they're going to lose this week, and it's the Baltimore Ravens. So the the Cleveland Browns will be losing to the Baltimore Ravens this week, even though it's one of those divisional matchups. It's going to be an ugly football game. They're still going to lose.
0: This is one of those divisional matchups, but the one exception is when the Browns are involved. When the Browns are involved, <laughs> you can pretty much give the W to the other team. I'm also picking the Ravens. I don't really think I have anything else to say. You pretty much nailed it.
1: Running game for the Baltimore Ravens is going to come back to life a little bit. Woo! Maybe not 100 yards, but definitely a touchdown. Let's say 80 yards
0: rushing. Go go get Terrence West. Go get him now. Uh, next up on the docket, you ready? Let's do it. Green Bay Packers go on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Shaka, who you got?
1: You know, um, Green Bay's had a rough go in terms of, well, one, figuring out just what's going on with the offense, which I don't think is too bad. It's not that big of an issue. You know, it's kind of like the car with just that one little hitch. Mm-hmm. Once you get that kind of fixed, you know, you're back on the road. And I think their hitch is maybe kind of reestablishing the running game ever since eddie lacy got hurt they've really been kind of disheveled and they're kind of topsy-turvy
2: yeah
1: and i, I think really once they kind of get that in hand, again you know i, I like Ty montgomery but i don't like him as a pass blocker yeah that being said the Tennessee titans the pass rush is kind of iffy so I, I think they're going to get lit up a little bit um mario is going to be out there as a fantasy option he might be good it might be a good pickup if you're, you're hurting that quarterback position. But even, even then, I think the Packers are going to come in they're going to take a W away from the Titans.
0: I agree, man. I think the Packers are going to win this game. I think they're angry. I think that was a rough loss at home to the Colts, and I think they're going to, want to take out their revenge on the Titans. And I don't have a lot of faith that the uh for with the Titans at home. Um, And I think they're a team that's going to make enough mistakes. Aaron Rodgers is going to make them pay. So, you know, I mean, this was a team, this was a Titans team that just – You know, their turnovers and their mistakes gave away the game to the Chargers. And the Packers, I think their offense is still just a better offense than the Chargers. I mean, they are dangerous. So I think the Packers are going to come in and make some noise, pull out the W.
1: I think you said it, man. The Titans' turnovers just pretty much put them down every week.
0: Yeah, and and the Packers are a team that's going to take advantage of turnovers. Um, Absolutely. Next up on the docket... Los Angeles Rams go on the road to play your New York Jets. Shaka, who you got?
1: I'm still waiting for at some point during this week, uh, Todd Bowles to to get up on that podium and go, we're going to go with Bryce Petty this week. You know, he had a good practice this week, had a few good practices, and we really want to see how that translates into actual game time. That's not going to fucking happen. Nope. Nope. We're gonna have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. And as he usually does every week, he's going to put what should be a pretty sound, you know, running game and you know production from wide receivers into question with really bad turnovers or fumbles. Yep. Or he's going to try a lateral when he should not lateral. Yep. And um, I'm I'm really nervous. Uh, This is this is a home game for the Jets, but I I I wouldn't be surprised if Case Keenum. Burns this once or twice for some deep touchdowns, and this actually ends up being kind of a field goalie situation. Still, I'm gonna have to go with my Jets out by a field goal. I uh,
0: I'm I am also scared because I think this this Rams team has got some nasty defensive players like Aaron Donald, Robert Quinn. I mean, these guys are gonna wreak havoc on shits Patrick, but. Dude, I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Jets. I like the home team here. I think that it will be a close game. I think you're right. I think it'll probably be about a field goal. And I think there's plenty of opportunities for Case Keenum to surprise some people and burn the Jets secondary here or there. But you know, for all of the Jets mistakes, I don't have near I don't have the faith in the Rams like I do in the Jets. Like I think Todd Bowles is he's not an idiot. He has ways of pulling out games, and I just I don't think the Rams have the same magic that the Jets do. i got to go with the Jets on this one.
1: I will say this. you got Todd Gurley play him in the flex because he might, he might score. He, he's going to have one touchdown at least. They're going to put him up against the Jets in the red zone.
0: Okay, okay. Shaka said it here. Uh, next up on the docket, the Atlanta Falcons go on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Shaka, who you got?
1: This is going to be – if this is not my game of the week, this is going to be up there just in terms of uh, – it's gonna be interesting to see how Jim Schwartz tries to just really temper down a, a, a force of nature in Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones and just that overall offense. You got Devonta Freeman. Like, who do you key in on? You know, you can yeah. go either way and and still have a lot of trouble. I, you know, I really like the Eagles' defense, but I just don't like their prospects of trying to contain. Mm-hmm all these weapons, and it seems like every week the Falcons are introducing a new little, hey, we got Taylor Gabriel, hey, we got this guy. You know, we got Mohamed Sanu mm-hmm. as the star this week. So I'm going to say, I think, uh, and also we've got to kind of factor in, Carson Wentz has not been playing as crisply as he has been nope, or was in the beginning of the season. He's thrown a, little, a few more interceptions. He's, he's, he seems a little bit more insecure in the pocket. And the Falcons' defense isn't that great, but I think they're going to have opportunities to kind of shake them up, get them unsettled, and get them to make some mistakes. So um, I'm going to have to go with Falcons with this one going into Philly uh, into territory and taking one.
0: Okay. I am going to do my best to stay the homer, man. I'm going to pick my Eagles again. I know they're not favored. I know the Falcons are hot. I think this, this is that situation. This is like the Vikings game all over again. My... The part of me that's like, you know what? I got to go with the Falcons. They're going to come out with the W, but fuck that, man. I'm going with my Eagles. <laughs> I think that the Falcons' D is is suspect enough that the Eagles can cause some trouble. I think you're absolutely right. I think the big reason Carson Wentz has been struggling is because, dude, offensive line. Lane Johnson gets suspended. Halapuli Vata Vitaig has to come in at right tackle. St- you know, he's better. He's been looking better, but... I still feel like that's the culprit for why Wentz has been performing poorly because the offensive line hasn't been protecting him nearly as well. Um, but I'm having faith in this Eagles D. The thing that scares me is everything you said. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman. I mean, and now you're Taylor Gabriel, Austin Hooper, Levine Lolo. Like, these guys, I think, are really going to cause havoc for this Eagles D. But I got, I'm a homer deep down. They're in Philadelphia. Eagles are 3-0 and at home. Falcons are 4-1 and one on the road, but oh my God. I'm still giving the Eagles the benefit of the doubt. I think they could squeak this win out. If I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong, but got to go with the Eagles. I like it, man. Stand your fucking ground. I'm going to stand that ground, man, and I'll take as many losses as possible, but I don't care, man. I love my Eagles, and I still think that they've got something in them. They're not that bad. Amen, brother. Who okay. you got next? Next up, Minnesota Vikings go on the road against the Washington Redskins. Shaka, who you got?
1: Man, this could be really potentially bad for the Vikings. Yes, um, yes. The Redskins are coming off the bye. They're going to be fresh. Yep. They've had plenty of time to prepare. And the, the Vikings are looking mighty mortal right now and in some regards a little bit wounded. That offensive line's not working. Uh, the defense is looking a little shaky. I, it, it could be one of those games, man, where Deshaun Jackson breaks free gets a 75-yard touchdown on you out of nowhere. Um, wait, is this one at home for the Redskins?
0: This is in Washington. Ooh, man,
1: this is really up to any. This is a tough call just because this one can go either way. I, I, I like a fresh Washington team, though. Plenty of preparation time and pre- uh, plenty of time to kind of just break down that defense. I I I'm not super confident in the uh in the Vikings on the offensive side. So I gotta go Washington in this
0: one. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm also gonna pick the Redskins. I kinda hate picking the Redskins. I I don't think yeah. much of them at all. But Truth is, Redskins won the division last year, and as crappy as they looked the first couple of weeks of the season, they're looking good now. Their defense is actually performing better. Their offense is potent. They've got a very potent offense. They've, you know, as much flack as we give Kirk Cousins, they throw the ball a lot. You know, even with Matt Jones fumbling, he can still run hard, and when he's not in there, Robert Kelly and Chris Thompson are dangerous. And every time I see the Vikings play another game, I'm really suspicious of their defense again and again, and you nailed it, man. I don't think it's because their defense is bad. It's because their offense is really that bad, and I actually think Redskins coming off that bye. They're probably upset after finishing with a tie in London. I mean, and the Vikings, much more confidence with them at home than on the road and they were at home last week, and they lost an overtime game to the Lions. I'm losing a lot of confidence in the Vikings. i got to go with the Redskins on this one. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but I'm going with the Redskins.
1: Hey, and I love Jordan Reed, man. Jordan Reed's automatic in the red zone. So Dude, you know, and,
0: and the Vikings, they're going to have some trouble with him.
1: Absolutely. it's going to be a tough one.
0: Next up on the docket, Chicago Bears go on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaka, who you got?
1: Hmm. This is going to be a rough one, I think, uh. To think
0: of. The two and six Bears against the three and five Buccaneers? No.
1: I, I, well, you know, uh, I, I I I I don't like Jay Cutler. We 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 talked about this before.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But that Tampa Bay defense is not great. Yes. And this this is going to be this is going to be a messy one. I'm seeing this as a high twenties, thirties for somebody. Jameis Winston and Jay Cutler are going to get opportunities both to kind of fire off some shots on each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is going to be one of those one of those games where it's just like, all right, how many how many stops can you get on defense to kinda stem the blood flow? Yeah. You know? I look, I love Mike Evans and I can imagine any of the defenders in Chicago in any any kind of game to stop him. I'm gonna give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a slight edge there for some uh some blood on some and Chicago still
0: you know, they had a one solid game uh not last week but the, yeah, they had a bye, and the week before that, they beat uh, the Vikings Monday Night Football on Halloween. And they look good, but I, you know,
1: that's that's not really saying much to me. I, I'm still not a fan of Jake Butler. He makes too many mistakes for me, and I expect Mike Evans to have a big game this week. And I'm going to go Tampa Bay.
0: Wow, you know, I'm I'm sitting here trying to decide as well because I've just looked. This is a this is a tough matchup to to. It's a messy This is a really messy game. Both of these teams. I don't know what the hell to make of either of them. Uh, You know, I have actually, I have a little bit more confidence in Cutler than I think you do. Um, I think that they can move the ball against the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are going to have problems. Um, And part of me sort of feeling like, you know, the Buccaneers team, they're at home. They're a team that can take advantage of a Bears team that makes a lot of mistakes. But, you know, I'm looking at this matchup, Shaka, and... My my gut reaction is saying the Bears on the road. I think the Bears have got something going. I think Cutler can work some magic, and I think where the Buccaneers are going to make mistakes, the Bears are not. I think this will be a shootout. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's actually going to be whichever team has the ball last. So I'm going to be the contrarian. Okay. I'm going to be the contrarian pick. I'm going to go with the Bears on this one.
1: Look, I don't think you're crazy at all, actually. And I looked at a whoever's got the the ball last. Because it goes with what I'm saying. Like Whoever gets the defensive stop, who gets the, the last defensive stop? It's really...
0: Yeah. Wait, 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 hang on a second. You, you, you cut up a little bit. You said whoever has the last defensive stop. Say that again.
1: Um. Well, basically, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you're absolutely right in that assessment that whoever has the last defensive stop or whoever has the ball last, it works out. Because I'm thinking about it, you know, whoever's got the last defensive stop could be the team that wins this—it's really—it it, it can go either way. They're like, both that bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of almost feel like this is going to be a field goal at the buzzer that wins the game, or a field goal by this rookie kicker for the Buccaneers where he shanks it and loses the game. So yeah,
1: like an unlikely hero. Like we might be looking at um, Humphreys on. You know, on the Buccaneers is the guy who kind of clinches it with some crazy, you know, 42-yard touchdown
0: catch. Dude, that that would not surprise me one bit with this matchup. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how this shakes out. Uh, next up, you ready? Let's do this. Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Shaka, who you got?
1: Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not a fan of the Panthers. As we've we've discussed once or twice, I think. What? Um, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I'm assuming Alex Smith is going to be back from concussion protocol. The
0: word on the street is that Alex Smith will be back.
1: I hope that the Kansas City Chiefs kind of gets the running game going a little bit more aggressively. Uh, Chuck Hendrick West is actually a pretty good runner, but he, he just really didn't put it together against the Rams. No,
0: he did. I was surprised. Okay, not but... against
1: the Rams. Um, I'm, I'm totally mixing my teams
0: up here. Yeah, uh, the ja- Jaguars. Against, he played the Jaguars.
1: Against the Jaguars, he didn't really kind of put it together there. Um, I'm hoping he can kind of get a little bit of a head of steam running against the Panthers, but um, it, it, it's going to be tough. then again, I, like I say every week, Panthers going not that good. But Cam Newton's that kind of guy. Just sheer force of will, he's going to come out there and just try to just muscle one over. But he's got a he's got a big obstacle in that Chiefs defense to to overcome. I this is a hard one for me. Especially since the Panthers are going to be at home. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm going to lean Kansas City slightly on this one.
0: Okay, I'm going to agree with you. I'm picking the Chiefs. I uh, I think this is a prime opportunity for the Panthers to steal a game. I I think as good as the Chiefs are, they are a team that can be susceptible. They are a team that can that can have a game stolen from them. I mean, they're going on right. the road. This is an East Coast game. It's an AFC NFC matchup. You know, you know how I feel about those things. You never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. These are two teams that don't see each other that often. But and and you know, the Panthers are getting hot right now. I'm not saying they're going to finish 500 and make the playoffs, but I think they're getting a little bit of their swagger back and I think that's dangerous for the Chiefs. But I got to go with the Chiefs just cuz I think they're they're a better team. Even with all of the, you know, even with everything that the Panthers could sort of steal from the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to weather the storm and still come out with the W. The Panthers have just been so poor this year. So, I mean, I got to go with the Chiefs. At the end of the day, even if it's close, I think the Chiefs are going to pull out the W. All right. Yeah, it's,
1: it's going to be a fun one to watch. though. I, I'm, I'm curious to see just uh, how uh, Cam Newton goes down in this one, if he goes down. You, yeah. He might say, no, I'm not taking the shit.
0: I mean, it's definitely it's going to be a hard-hitting game to say the least. I mean, that's a that is a nasty defense in Kansas City, and they're going to there. It's not going to be fun for Cam Newton. Uh, next up on the docket, Denver Broncos go on the road against the New Orleans Saints. Mercedes-Benz Superdome, twelve o'clock game. Shaka, who you got?
1: Uh, it's a known fact that uh, Drew Brees in the dome is is almost godlike. He is.
0: I mean, it's He's. it's breathtaking.
1: He's a savage. He's a savage in the Dome. That being said, the Denver Broncos are looking a little bit mortal these days. I, I, I'm not super high on Trevor Simeon at the cornerback position. He's he's under underutilizing the tools that he has at his disposal. Not to mention, the Denver Broncos running game has been pretty much eviscerated since uh, Booker got hurt.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Anderson got hurt. Yeah, that really bad. Said, that being said, New Orleans Saints, it
1: doesn't matter if they're in a dome or no dome, their defense is shit. Yes. And I expect the Denver Broncos to be running the football a lot in this game, to just kind of just break their backs. Um, I expect the Booker, Devontae Booker, to have a big game. He's got to get at least 100 yards rushing and a touchdown in this one. So if you got him on fantasy, play him. Um, that being said, this is going to be a tough one to call then. Yes. Yeah. The Broncos might be able to get the pass rush in there enough to slow Breeze down. You can't stop them
0: completely. They mm-hmm. have too many weapons. Dude, you're reading but, my mind. Um,
1: it's going to be a tough one to call just in terms of the final score. It might go into the 20s. It might not. Denver might be able to hold them down just enough to snuff the candle. But I'm going to go Drew Breeze and the Saints by a touchdown.
0: Wow, going with the Saints. Damn.
1: Only because it's in a dome. Any other situation, i got to go Broncos. But in a dome, I think uh, Breeze is going to rain supreme.
0: You know, I um, I think it's a little crazy for us to be picking the Saints for this game. I almost am I'm just this. It's I want, madness. blasphemy. I, I, I want to be the contrarian pick. I want to go with defense wins championships. And I say that, I, you know, that was the same reason I picked the Broncos to beat the Raiders this past Sunday night. But then the Raiders came out with a nice game plan. And I'm starting to feel less and less confident in the Broncos D. And, you know, now you're sitting here telling me how Drew Brees is godlike in the dome, and it's true. And this season he's looking. I mean, this is an 0-3 team. I thought it was going to be the same fucking story last year as it, you know, all over again as it was last year when, you know, Drew Brees is throwing touchdowns, but they still just lose games because they've got a terrible D. But yet somehow it's the same story this year, but they they look better and Drew Brees looks better, and their D is just as bad, but they're they're winning games. I it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm gonna go with the Saints as well. You know, I, look, I
1: like Michael Thomas. Someone's got to guard him, but then you know what? You still got Willie Snead. Yeah, you still got Brandon
0: Cooks. You you gotta respect the squad. And I think that even with the Saints' running game, you know, the run pass combination for the Saints at home, it's gonna cause trouble for the Broncos. And I think that the Broncos. They are not going to be able to move the ball as well as they want. And even if they do, I think Drew Brees is going to find ways to put more points on. This actually might be a really, really, really close game, but I can't go contrarian on you here. I'm going to go with the Saints. All right. Well, it looks like I convinced you. I think you totally did. I was kind of ready to go with the Broncos. But you know what? Let's let's fucking live dangerously. I'm going with Drew Brees <laughs> and the Saints, man. Look, I
1: can be talking out of my ass on this, and next week we'll be like, I don't know what was wrong with this. Why would we pick the Saints over the Broncos they just got annihilated but, yeah, you know but I, I'm, I'm
0: okay with it right now I'm fine with it right now we've seen enough of the Saints and the Broncos this season to feel okay with this decision right now and at least be confident going in and saying all right you know we, we, well you know we had to do what we had to do it all hits on Trevor Simeon you can't be
1: a bad defense in the past game then you're not the quarterback that everyone was expecting you
0: to be amen dude amen because this is an opportunity for Trevor Simeon to shine
1: It don't get no easier than this, unless you're playing the Browns. But you know,
0: fucking Browns. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Houston Texans go on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ugh. (laughs) Shaka,
2: who you got? Speaking
1: of bad quarterbacks, Brock Osweiler is even worse. Oh. Even worse than Trevor Simeon. I he. Oh. (laughs) Seventy-two million Osweiler for this.
0: Oh. Even
1: then, even then I, I.
0: I think I, I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth.
1: Even then, I... You know, Lamar Miller should be a lot healthier this week. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense ain't that wonderful. Not bad. I, they're respectable. I'll give him that. But I expect to see Lamar Miller picking up the slack for a, a so-so Osweiler with some screen passes, some hard run-in. He's going to have himself two touchdowns. He better have two touchdowns. These guys were a buy last week. So, um... I'm gonna go Texans on this one just because Jacksonville is not great Allen Robinson's been iffy and he's gonna be going up against a good defense yeah so I'm expecting the Texans to pull this one out
0: I uh I'm gonna go with the Texans as well I I don't know what the hell to make of this division or any of the games they play against each other I think Jacksonville certainly has a chance to pull this game out uh Houston's been five and0 at home and 0 and three on the road they're going on they're going to Jacksonville for this game but I, you know, even with all that and with all the ineptitudes that are that are happening on offense with Brock Osweiler and all of this, I still got to give the benefit of the doubt to Houston. They got a great D. You know, Jacksonville's D should be good on paper, and you know this could totally go Jacksonville's way. But I mean, you know, got to give the benefit of the doubt to the Texans. If anything, the Texans look like a remotely respectable or competent football team, whereas Jacksonville just doesn't.
1: Yeah, they really just. They're,
0: they're, uh, I mean, they just Jacksonville is just. I mean, every week you. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's a great corner, but it's like you need you need an entire team to win a game. Yeah, they don't have
1: it. They're short in every department. Um.
0: Okay. Next up on the docket, Miami Dolphins go on the road against the San Diego Chargers. Shaka, who you got?
1: Interesting matchup. Um. Diego, look, look—we that defense is electrifying, they're exciting. I, I'm, I'm expecting to see Joey Bosa get one sack because Ryan Santa Hill holds the ball way too long. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting them to get him some force, some force mistakes. Um, I, I don't think the Dolphins really have a chance in this one. I think jJ might have a pretty good game.
2: Yeah, but yeah.
1: once Philip Rivers starts putting the putting the pressure to him and starts really getting that football out there to. Take your pick of wide receivers. It could be anybody in the coming week. Uh, They're going to pretty much force Miami to abandon the run
2: game. Yeah, And force
1: Ryan Henton to beat them with the pass, and I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, Dwight Lowry wasn't the best cornerback for the Jets, but he actually looks like he fits pretty well in a Chargers uniform. I expect San Diego to put a beat in on Miami, actually, this weekend call. That's going to be my beatdown this week.
0: Is is that Shaka's game of the week? (laughs)
1: Not my game of the week, but it's definitely going to be my beat of the week, probably.
0: Okay. All right. I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Chargers as well. I think the Dolphins are shit. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're going to, you know, as exciting as they've been, they've been beating up bad teams. Um, they're going to abandon that run game fast when San Diego gets up early. Um, yeah, this is as... listen. As as exciting as the Dolphins have been, I think the Chargers are better than everyone thinks, and uh, they're going to bring them back down to earth. And you're going to see. I think you're totally right with Joey Bosa's sacking and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that is about as spot on as you could nail it, man. Because I want to see that happen, and I think you're absolutely right. It's going to happen. I Chargers all I the way. Hurting.
1: I think I think Joey's uh, he's dying to have a, a sack this week because he he really didn't really get through last week, so he's he's itching.
0: Uh, Next up on the docket, San Francisco 49ers go on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Shaka, who you got?
1: Well, we did talk about um, as as statistically good as Colin Kaepernick has been, that that is not going to continue. No. Against the Cardinals. No. With Cardinals secondary, which is pretty good. Carson Palmer has been kind of up and down and shaky, but if you got him on your roster, I would tell you to play him this week because... Mm -hmm. 49ers through the air. They they don't have a prayer. They they're they're lost. And Carson Palmer can use this to kind of work out his frustrations and kind of get his mojo. I'm gonna go Cardinals on this one and look for David Johnson to also have 100 yards rushing.
0: Dude, I'm totally with you. I'm going Cardinals all the way. I think Carson Palmer is gonna have a fantastic day. I'm starting him on my fantasy team. I'm excited for David Johnson to run all over the place. I mean. Nothing better for fantasy starters than either playing the Niners D or the Browns D. We're gonna say it again Amen. and again and again, baby. <laughs>
1: play the matchups, but you definitely play. You play everybody. It's, I think, I'm hearing um, most fantasy analysts saying JJ Nelson is, is poised to break out. I'm not 100 percent on board with that, but yeah, you
0: know, I haven't seen enough. Haven't seen enough consistency exactly. yet. I,
1: I'm not. I'm not seeing where this is all coming from. They're very excited about it, but I, you know, okay. Now, you know.
0: The, The next two games we got up here, one of these games is going to be Shaka's Game of the Week because these are two fantastic games. Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shaka, who you got? I got to go
1: Cowboys. Before I even go into the analysis, the Cowboys have been so friggin' good.
0: So good. Ezekiel
1: Elliott is the NFL's leading rusher.
0: So good. Amazing.
1: Dak Prescott, you know... I, even now, I can't really. It's almost when Tony Romo started being good, and I couldn't really put it to words why Tony Romo is so good.
0: Yeah.
2: In
1: the same vein, mm-hmm. Prescott, you know, has been. He he's a vet. He plays like a vet. Yeah. I, I, there's no way I can come into this game, especially when Ben Roethlisberger is basically playing on one knee. Yeah. And I it's. They haven't really looked good against the last couple teams, and they've had a couple of, like you said, they played the, uh, the Eagles and just absolutely sputtered. You know, inexplicably, yeah. the offense just did not work out. I mean,
0: so I'm, I'm, losing, defense, I'm losing, I'm losing faith in the Steelers pretty, D every day.
1: Cowboys defense is pretty solid. Yep, the pace is on a bunch of teams already this year, especially in pass rush department. So I'm, I'm going to go with Cowboys, and it's not going to be commanding, but you
0: know, expect this to be a statement game. uh, I'm going with the Cowboys as well. They're just so damn good. Tony Romo's not getting his job back at all. Uh, The Rams, we want to be screaming for Jared Goff. Why the hell didn't you draft Dak Prescott? Uh, I mean, this guy's playing out of his mind. Ezekiel Elliott's an MVP candidate. This offensive line is breathtaking. And the Steelers are the picture of inconsistency right now. I mean, this is a scary game. The Steelers are dangerous enough, and I feel like they're a wounded animal like... They could they could sneak up and steal this game from the Cowboys. I mean, it is in Pittsburgh. You can't you can't you know discount that. Definitely, totally, yeah. But Cowboys are just so damn good. This is not their time to fall to fall and sputter a game. Even if they do, they're seven and two. But I mean, I I see them stealing this game, or not even stealing this game. I think it's going to be a pretty convincing win. Statement game. You nailed it, man.
1: Yeah, I'm actually I'm looking forward to that. I I, I hope uh, the Steelers can kind of keep in it, but I'm not super confident on that.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. Okay, here's the other one, which I thought might be Shaka's game of the week. Sunday night football, Seattle Seahawks go on the road against the New England Patriots. Shaka, who you got?
1: You know, once upon a time, I, I, I would have said, you know, even last year I would have said this is about as intriguing as it gets, but... Patriots
2: have been so damn good. So good. So damn good against everybody. I, I don't know how Seattle is going to be able to contain that offense. Yeah.
1: You know, there's only so much. Um, And also, Cam Chancellor was out this past weekend yeah. against the Bills, and it really showed in the run game. Yes, With it did. Sean McCoy did. was absolutely running wild.
0: Yes, it did. You know,
1: Earl Thomas is great, but he needs his partner in crime out there. Yep. You know, they, the, the defense can use all the help it can get especially when Tom Brady can throw to just about anyone on that offense and and just make you hurt. You know, just the fact you have Mattelis-Bennett and Gronk as a one-two tight end combination, I just don't see the Seahawks being able to, to hold back the floodgates on this one. Nope. Um, and especially also factor in Russell Wilson. Finally had a good game last weekend. But before that, he'd gone three weeks without scoring a touchdown. Yep. So I... The inconsistency right there, it just makes me nervous. I'm going to have to go Patriots on this
0: one. I'm I'm going Patriots all the way. Uh, Bill Belichick looks for a weakness on your team, and he exploits it. That's what he does. He game plans... Four specific teams, he finds what you do poorly, and he rips it apart, he is going to exploit the offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks, he's going to tear them apart, Russell Wilson's going to get sacked, he's going to have a horrible day, I think, and then you nailed it, man, the the Seahawks run D without Cam Chancellor is pretty painful, I think LeGarrette Blunt is going to make them pay, I think you're going to see James White in there making them pay, and then you throw in Gronk and Martellus Bennett, and... As much as we talk about how hard it is to win in Seattle, it's pretty damn hard to win in Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. So, absolutely, all Patriots all day. I mean, I know it's a Super Bowl rematch. I'm sure Seattle's going to give them a run for their money, but I still think it's going to be all Patriots. I don't even, I, I don't feel like it's going to. Like there are other games we've talked about in this docket that are closer than this game in my mind. Absolutely. Um, I also factor in. I don't know if he's 100% clear to play yet. You check your injury report. Deion Lewis might be back this week. You know, game. I heard about that, and I was thinking it too. Deion Lewis, if he's not back in this game, they're definitely talking about bringing him back the following week.
1: But yeah, it's something to look at. I, I think you're absolutely on the money with the LeGarrette blood call. They, you know, he, they like to put him in and just let him work and get, you know, 15, 20 carries about that much volume-wise against teams and just really kind of, just to kind of break their backs a little bit before they start to throw the football.
0: I think we're definitely gonna see that. I think it's gonna be the Patriots are gonna punish him. That's that's what I'm seeing. And Deion Lewis, for fantasy owners out there, get him on your radar, maybe stash him because he's coming back soon. And you know how Bill Belichick liked to use him last year.
1: I'm almost positive he's available in like most leagues and yeah. a lot of people. He's not on their radar. So you pick him up and stash him. They love Deion Lewis.
0: You ready for Monday Night Football? Yeah, duh, duh, duh. Dun 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 dun. Cincinnati Bengals going on the road against the New York Giants. Shaka, who you got?
1: I had just read an article not too long before um, you and I sat down to do this where Pac-Man Jones finally admitted Odell Beckham Jr. is a pretty damn good wide receiver.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's going to be a pretty good marquee showdown between A.J. Green and Odell Beckham Jr. And you better believe... Odell's coming into this kind of looking across the field at the competition just to kind of say, you know what, I'm better than you guys are always in the. You guys are always in the conversation as you know the one, two, and three, and the Julio Joneses, and you know, and I'm number ten. No way. So I I think he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. The real question is whether or not Eli can actually, you know. Play a good game and really
2: not turn the freaking ball over because he almost gave the game away to the Eagles oh, last weekend with some really
1: just like you said head scratching plays.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't think the Bengals secondary is amazing, but they they're smart guys. They play competent. They like to get interceptions. They don't go for
2: deflections. They like to go for interceptions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I think Andy Dalton to
1: AJ Green even against the best of defenders, AJ Green is. Magical when it comes to catching that football. So the Giants cannot afford to make any mistakes because they will pay for it. That being said, um, I'm gonna go with G-Men on this one. They wow. need this win. I think they're gonna be hungry. Um, I think their defense is gonna play well. I think they're gonna really put some pressure on Dalton and that that run game and just really kind of seal it up and just really lock it down to an AJ Green can pass the situation. So I'm gonna go Giants.
0: Wow, wow. I um. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to go contrarian pick. I don't have that much faith in the Giants. I think they make too many mistakes, as dangerous as they are on offense, and sometimes on defense. Again, too many mistakes. And, you know, I kind of feel the same way about the Bengals. A, A team that I thought was better, but yet finds ways to lose and finds ways to kind of get exploited. Um I think now is the time when they start getting their mojo back. I think they're coming off of a bye week. You know, they're probably also pretty upset tying in London as well. I have a lot of faith in their run game. You know, as much as a mess as it is with Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill, those guys are both punishing running backs, and the Giants have a shitty run game entirely. You know, A.J. Green, I think, is going to be nasty, and I think that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to get his but I don't know if he's going to scorch the secondary like he did with the Eagles. I think that the secondary is going to be a little bit more prepared for the Bengals. So I'm going Cincinnati. I think they need this win, and I think the Giants are susceptible. So I think I'm going to pick okay. Cincinnati on this one.
1: I, I I respect the pick. I actually think you're absolutely right in terms of the Giants I have no friggin' running game to speak of right now, which is going to be a problem. I, I think um, – I don't know, I think, I feel like, again, I feel like the Giants really need this one. This is not so much a statement game, but they're reaching kind of a crossroads in the season where they really, really, really need a W to kind of keep keep this thing on the road, you know. And I think, um, I think they're going to come in here prepared. I think they're going to come in here angry. You know, they're 5-3, and three, mind you, but the Cowboys are... Not waiting around for anyone to get no. together. No, if
0: New York wants to have any chance or any prayer of trying to get into the playoffs or or anything, they've got to keep winning.
1: Yeah, they can't. They can't really lose any ground to Philly. So I think they're going to come in here and they're going to they're going to put their uh, put the stamp on this
0: one. Okay, you heard it here first, everybody. That's the that is Shaka and Sam's fantasy picks for next week coming up. Thank you for listening to our breakdown this week. As always. You can subscribe to the, pod, the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Holler at us on Facebook. Just give us a shout or email us with fantasy questions at samsportsstation at gmail.com. S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. And before we sign off and go back to the election results and the polls and everything, Shaka, any final words?
1: Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's slate of games, especially with the outcome of tonight. Yeah, I may need it as much as I need a drink. <laughs> so, um, guys, enjoy, absorb, because after that, we got to go to a Monday with a, with a bleak look in our eyes.
0: Yes, we have to accept whatever results come out of tonight's presidential uh, uh Election result, election. Bleh, I can't even talk. I don't even want to think about it. But the, the thing I can focus on is this amazing slate of games for this weekend. I I feel pretty confident that they will not disappoint. I'm certainly excited for them. And as we were talking about before this podcast, with all of this bullshit election stuff, there is really a beautiful silver lining that we get to talk about this wonderful football season. And uh, we're only halfway through. We got a lot more football ahead of us. Um, I think it's time to go. I think we got to do it. Shaka? It's been fun, guys. It's been Uh, real fun. We're
1: going to go find out who our president is here.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll, see you guys next week. It's okay. We'll be fine. Everything, the world will keep turning. So, on that note, we're out of here. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll talk some more football. Take it easy. Bye bye. Bye,
1: guys.